motherfucker! Hey! Oh. Hey! Oh, look who's back. That's right. Listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 199, the last episode of an era. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast. We're on tonight's episode, we discover what happens when Hollywood truly runs out of ideas in because your face is worth it. Also, what happens when we run out of ideas for titles of... Because your face is worth <laughs> it. <laughs> Turns out there's only three good uh, beauty company slogans in yeah, the entire we, world. We thought this was going to be such a good idea. Like we'll, we'll name all of our Texas Chainsaw episodes after uh, beauty slogans. And we hit three and they're all done. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you get what you get this week. You do. Uh, what's going on, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. Uh, we did it. Last ep- last episode hey. of the 100s. Congrats, bud. Congrats. Congrats. Remember, remember when we did the first one and we're just like, there's no way how this is going to go only in a couple of weeks, tops. Uh-huh. <laughs> remember when we did the 50th one and we're like, we're getting matching tattoos. Oh, I got mine. Well, I was going to save this until later on in the show, but I was actually going to save it until next episode. <sighs> See that? That's it's nice. It's my ankle. That's nice. That's it's beautiful. not a tattoo. It's just um, I got a really bad sunburn well, this this weekend. I'm actually disappointed because I did get a tattoo. <laughs> uh, I got a tattoo of your dick on my dick, and it looks. I couldn't. It, it, big bigger. Well, there's there's no tip because there was we ran out <laughs> ran of canvas out of space. <laughs> <laughs> so really, it's just two two lines and some weird looking pores. <laughs> and it also. It also doesn't it doesn't uh, curve sharply to the right, so it's <laughs> it looks, so, it looks so like you a, ran out of space even quicker than you thought you were going like, to. It looks like when you're like there's a highway that's under construction and they curve the lanes. Do you still <laughs> see the other lanes underneath it? Oh, <laughs> uh, let's move oh, that's on. Great. Um, um, what? So what's going on? Oh, man? you know what we should do. What? Oh, speaking of genital tattoos. Yeah. You should totally listening. get my face, and I'll do the vice versa. Mm-hmm. Our face, just like the size of like a quarter, on the front side of your balls. So you, when you lift your <laughs> dick up, there's just like your face staring at you. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> dude! These are the good ideas I have. Oh boy, um, I've, always, I've always my my favorite idea for a tattoo ever was that I've always wanted to get my own face tattooed on my own face, mm-hmm. but just like a half an inch to the left, so everybody thinks I'm blurry. <laughs> perfect i love it i feel like i stole that from somewhere because it's, yeah, it's too I, clever for me to come up with on my yeah. own uh-huh but uh but if i did come up with that on my own then i mean is it clever really that's a pretty <laughs> it's a pretty good idea yeah <laughs> all right i'll take your word for it um yeah so uh last uh last week of our uh texas chainsaw massacre we made it to the end mm. With two uh, two banger banger films, <laughs> couple of real bangers, real but. bangers. Um, I actually, I'm actually kind of excited to talk about them though. Yeah, um, I've I've watched one of them twice at this point, uh-huh. well, one and a half times, uh-huh. and um, and it was I got some thoughts. It's definitely the definitely the not better of the two. Yes, it, no, I I agree with you, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'm coming around to a couple things. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Uh, 
I know where you're going, but yeah, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. it. We'll get to it. Um, last week on the show, <clears throat> last week on the show, uh, I wanted to bring up a point, and then I forgot to, okay. probably because I was too busy interrupting you yeah. a thousand times, as I do. You do that, huh? A little bit. Yeah. Sometimes it's worse than others. Last week, doozy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did want to bring up the idea of something. You know, We were watching these uh, found footage movies last week, and um, one of the things that me and you do, and I'm sure a lot of other people do when they're watching these kinds of movies... It's like you're, as a horror fan, I feel like we ruin movies for ourselves. Yeah. Um, like Wait. In, okay. Yeah. Like go ahead. In the case of, uh, in the case of, not Narai, <clears throat> um, the fuck else? We, like Mungo. Like, yeah. Every time they would show something on screen, instead of paying attention to the story that was being presented to us, we're always too busy looking around the scenes and trying to find like hidden <clears throat> things or whatever, right? And it dawns on me because we had found, where we had seen the pic- that the other neighbor image mm-hmm. in that one photograph long before the movie got there. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, like, as horror fans, are we so trained to look for stuff like that that we ultimately sort of ruin the story? Let me stop you for a second there, bud, because you do that. I also look around the screen. Mm-hmm. You, you get caught up, though, where you stop paying attention to I do. the narrative. I, do. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I can I can I, I can scan around the screen quickly enough to where I'm still completely engrossed in the you know the actual narrative of the film. Yeah. Maybe I'm better at it than you. Maybe, maybe I'm um, smarter. Maybe my brain just works faster. It's also my ADHD. Maybe I'm more probably. Handsome. Yeah, it's definitely that one. Actually. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, maybe that's what it is because I get I, I have those squirrel moments where yeah. if I'm looking for something else, then I block everything else out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can't be the only person like that though. And it <clears> dawned <throat> on me because I wanted to bring this up last week, and like I said, I forgot. It dawns on me that like horror fans kind of ruin the experiences for themselves. It's kind of what you were, like, we were talking about with my haunted house thing last week. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, is am I the only one that does that? You're not the only one. I just fortunately am not one of you. Oh well, because I don't. I can. I can get completely uh, lost in a movie still, and like, and be like horrified by certain things you know what i mean yeah i don't think you can anymore can you um no i can i can it just takes a little a little bit more yeah. that's all i think that you know you have to be i think that when movies have too much going on it's there's a little bit of an overload because i'm trying to excuse me i'm trying to like make sense of things as i'm watching it yeah like these like the movies actually this week i'll uh get ahead of myself here when i was watching leatherface mm-hmm. i was consistently pausing the movie at least every five minutes Why? and then running to IMDb trying to figure out who the fuck these people are. Why? To, no, no, no. Because, <laughs> because, and again, I don't want to get into it. I know. We'll talk about this in the movie, but like I, because these movies in particular have such strange timelines and yeah. you don't know what fits in the lawyer. I constantly think that I'm like missing something, but that's stuff that you can do afterward. But if, but if I'm missing something that I'm not going to get the gist of what they're doing, if I'm not, but part familiar of, with who it's supposed to be. But you know? to me, part of the fun is almost having that kind of uh, that aha moment after, like you you get done with the. What's that dripping? Hold sound? on a sec. That's something <laughs> dripping in the in this. My house place? is flooding. It's... Call John. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, our buddy. Have we talked about John at all? Uh, so our buddy John, uh, who's been on the episode on a few episodes, like the Hot Ones episodes that we did, his uh, his house flooded horribly. Oh my God! You put on a movie that I've never seen before, and I've always wanted to see, and I just oh, saw this. I just saw the scene that everybody always talks about, like, pissing me off. John Wick, by the way. Anyway, to get back to John, uh, <laughs> the other John, 
the J-O-N, the worst of all the Johns, um, his, one of his toilets in his house cracked, like the tank cracked, and then him and his wife both went to work for nine hours, and the, the water just flowed out of the tank into the rest of the house for nine hours. It's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. Well, he doesn't seem to believe us when we tell him that this is the greatest silver lining, because he's getting a completely renovated house yeah, for free. A, he's getting a new he house. He didn't lose anything, except for his house. He's not, <laughs> he's not getting a new house for free. He's getting a new, pay, a new house, and he's being paid for it, because they're cutting him a big old fat check, too. So yeah, it's inconvenient that you have to move out of your house for a few months, and you got to be a few hundred yards further away from your buds. Not a few hundred yards, a couple miles, but um, I don't know, man. Just fucking, you know. I'm take, putting in Escape from New York. Is that okay with you? Take it on the chin and buck up, you bitch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Escape from New York's fine. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm sure this is all riveting to listen to. Um, so what, what were we talking about? Were we talking about something before you interrupted with your drippy sink or whatever it was? I'm, I'm sorry. I had a drippy sink. What were we talking about? That's what I call my. Oh, um, so there's a part of there's a part of the uh, like that aha moment where because um, that actually happened to me with Leatherface. There was a few people who I didn't make the connection as yeah, to who I they a, were. I have a lot to talk about that. The thing is though, Mike, is you're not really supposed to right away. I and you running to well, IMDb every in, ten seconds is that, ruining it. But for in that yourself. particular moment. And again, we're getting ahead of ourselves because I want to talk about this when we're talking about the movie. But yeah. in that instance, I didn't realize they didn't set it up good enough to where, like, I thought that I was the one that was behind because I realized that something was weird from the get-go. Like, they didn't present it in a way that pulled off the twist, I think, the way that they had intended it to. But um, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, I thought, yeah. I don't um, want to give anything away and all that right off the bat well, here, but... Take, think about it this way. Nobody makes a movie intending for the person watching it to, to be so in tune with what's going on to where if they don't know what's going on, they have to go to their phone to look up on IMDb to see what's going on. Well, and... Like, nobody makes a movie going, okay, if you don't... If you're not, if you're not so familiar with... All, like the entire backstory of this franchise, you're going to have to look at IMDb while you're no, watching this. No, you're right. They don't. But the problem is that this this movie franchise is so incredibly inconsistent and doesn't follow its own mm-hmm. rules that you almost like have to in order to, in order to keep up. No, it's just, eh, just whatever. Just watch the movie. Enjoy it. I'll explain more of that uh, later. James. All right. Yeah. James, how have, uh, how have you been, sir? Good, man. I'm yep. sunburnt and it hurts. Yeah, but, I'm um, sunburnt too. Look at my look at my chesticles. Oh wow, that is your chest. Yeah, you're wearing a very pink shirt today. Too. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's sand. no, it's pink. Um, no, it's not even. Mine's probably closer to salmon than yours is. Purple. We're, we're both wearing shirts on the uh, like sort of the rose color spectrum. Look at us. Look at us, bunch of guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's also it, it's uh it's to set out it's to bring out the color of my sunburn because I was <laughs> I went uh on a to a golf tournament the year, uh, the eleventh Mangina Invitational nice. this year eleven years in a row. Um, I've talked about it on the show before. Me and a bunch of my buddies from up in Bad Axe, we go to the Verona Hills. Bad Axe is the tip of the uh, the Michigan's tip of the thumb, mid- tip of the Michigan's thumb. Um. We go to Verona Hills, which is a golfing establishment golfing establishment up there. That Veronia Vaughn is <laughs> one piece of ass. I hate you. Um, <laughs> we wear pink, preferably from head to toe. Uh, I think that me and our buddy Greg are the only ones who actually dr- dress in pink from head to toe. And then we Do you go to a strip we t- club first and just bathe in all of the vagina? <laughs> the is that, how, is oh, that how you God. wear pink? <laughs> 
you're gross tonight. Um, and uh, and we tee off from the ladies' tees, and there's a bunch of wacky rules, like all kinds of like for every hole, there's a different rule. Sure. Which is not unlike uh, Mike's sex life here too. It's true. <laughs> But, Actually, I would say that's probably most most people. There's rules. Oh for, yeah, for every <laughs> hole, there is a rule. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's fun. It was a C- good time. Certain holes means that you have to shotgun a beer first. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, cert- we, are, certain, we are gross tonight. Certain aren't we? Hole, certain holes you have to wear oven mitts when you're you know when you're getting ready to start. Um, you, you know, I had a problem once where I should have worn oven mitts. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's a story for a different time though. Different podcast. Um. <laughs> Um, the yeah, butt, so that's, that's one for the uh, the old butt kill podcast. Let's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the butt kill podcast. Throwback joke. Oh, I miss Jay. So it was cool. I uh, went up to Bad Axe. Of course, that's where my parents are. So mm-hmm. we stayed with my folks. Drank Very awesome. Drank a little too much, as you do. Uh, as you do. Uh, just hung out. Had a good time, man. Nice. And came back last night. We were supposed to build a swing set today, but it was raining, so we're doing it next weekend instead. And that's my life. It's good life, James. Uh huh. What life. about you, bud? Um. Here's the uh, here's the thing. I have a um, I have a rant. I have a rant. I was well, telling while you, you go on this rant, I'm gonna go get a beer. I was telling. Oh, grab me one too. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I was uh, I was telling James here uh, earlier. I uh, I did something for the first time last night that I haven't done since the whole uh, COVID nineteen thing happened. And sex. and <laughs> the sex. No, I actually went out to a bar. Um, you know, in Michigan, everything is is open, but there's rules to be followed and this and that. And uh, I was hanging out with a buddy of mine. We uh, we ate gigantic, delicious ribeye steaks and decided to go grab a drink somewhere. Uh, so we went to Baffin Brewery. We've drank Baffin on the show here before. And uh, there was not a lot of people there. It was very socially distant. Like, they go as far as to have, like, a whole bucket of, like, sanitized pens. And then when you use it once, you put it in the unclean bucket. Like, that's how far they're going. They're, they're really good about the rules and Into the used pens. So I was totally fine with it. Uh, we, uh, we met up with a couple of, couple of lovely young ladies at the, uh, at the bar and, uh, this particular bar closed at you must be midnight. Girls. <laughs> what? You must be girls. <laughs> um, so the particular bar brewery we were at closes at 12 and right next door to the brewery is a bar and, uh, we didn't feel like going home yet. So let's go to the bar next door, grab one last drink for the night, whatever. <clears throat> Thinking that this bar was nice and empty and everything was great. We thought that one would be the same way. Uh, I saw firsthand the reason that fucking Michigan and our county in particular is spiking again with fucking COVID. I walked into this bar and now, mind you, it is against the law. It's like a, it's like an actual mandated thing. And it's, it's an executive order. Or an it's executive not order. Okay, fine. Not a law, but like it's an executive order that you have to wear a mask if you're inside a building. Uh, and if you're in a restaurant, you have to be sitting down at your seat before you can take it off. Right? Yep. We walk in the fucking bartender. Everyone, mind you, are all millennials, like 25, actually What's younger than millennial? I don't know. I don't know. We might care even anymore. be getting into that, but whatever. I'm so sick of all they're, these fucking, they're all fucking labels. They're all fucking young, younger people, probably 25 and under, bartenders included. I we walk in and they look at us and go, Oh, you don't need to wear those in here. Yes, I do. What? <laughs> what what the fuck are you talking about? And around the bar, there had to have been like 40 people all crammed together in the front of the bar. Nobody's wearing masks. The bartenders aren't wearing masks. <clears throat> like it's just like, what this is the fucking reason. That this shit is spiking again, especially in our county. We have, of all the counties in Mich- in Michigan, we are one of three that are like in like the fucking dark red right now because of stupid fucking people, like these dumbass kids at the bar last night. Michael, sorry. Is it <laughs> possible that they all live in the same house? Um, is that possible? Listen, nothing's impossible, <laughs> but 
Yeah, I, I was just I was like fucking pissed though. So we sat like way at the other far end of the bar, as far away as we possibly could. We only stayed for like a half an hour and then we left. But ridiculous though. I'm gonna have to go back and do a, a, a an f bomb count on that little. Uh, sorry, it's sorry. probably that's probably more than we usually. Listen, I want my life back. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not gonna get that <clears throat> if stupid fucking people. There's another one. Don't follow the stupid fucking rules. <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> the stupid fucking train outside is. Oh, come on, Honking man. like... I'm sorry. That was mean. That Wait, what time is that it? That train didn't do anything to me. Oh, it's 26 minutes early. Something's fishy. <laughs> um. Let's go into the bar. Um, <laughs> no, other than that, though, uh, I spent the day in the water yesterday, kayaking and whatnot, which is why I'm nice and sunburned. That oh, was, cool, man. Why fun. don't you talk about the pleasant stuff instead of... Yeah. Well, there we go. Instead of fun. ranting about... Unpleasantly is uh, I go to put on my sunscreen, which I did actually wear skunk... Skunk Sunscreen. Skunk cream. Skunk cream. There we go. Um... And I look at the bottle, and it expired in 2016, hence why it didn't do anything to my skin. <laughs> why, do you, why do you have sunscreen that expired it was my, four years ago? It was my backup bottle of sunscreen that I keep in my lockbox for my kayak, so it's just been in there forever. You must be rich. You got a backup bottle of sunscreen? I did. You're doing pretty well these days. I know. I know. It was vintage. Well, at least you were in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's all I got. I mean, not, not a heck of a whole lot going on this not week. Not a heck of a whole lot. <laughs> I was not smart, and I didn't put sunscreen on, so. Yeah. And I was wearing uh, high-top Chuck Taylors with socks. Oh, nice. So I definitely have. Were they Argyle socks? Uh, no, they were like like pink confetti. Um. <laughs> Okay. And then that's, I had that's, that's still cool. You know, and then I had my shorts rolled up mid thigh as you do. So I've got like from mid thigh down to where a sock would be, just beet red. <laughs> and then white. Milky, milky white on either side. I just had the million dollar idea. What? A calendar. Right? <laughs> yeah. That is all like pretty much naked dudes. Yeah. But with gnarly sunburns. So, like, the sunburn that you're looking at, right, in the mirror when you, before you take a shower. So, tan lines. Like that. But, like, the, the stupidest looking tan line. Like, <laughs> like in the way that we like tan lines on sexy girls, except for it's, it's just, sunburns just on. pasty, fat, white guys <laughs> with terrible sunburns. Yes. I like it. Dude, it's a million dollar I could actually, idea. I could, I, I could actually probably provide January through October right now. Because I got plenty of pictures on my phone of me with terrible sunburns. Buzzkill Podcast Naked. 2021 calendar. I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't, don't tempt me. I, I think will since do it. we're putting it on air right now, we have to do it. Well, we've said a lot of things on air that we said we were going to do and then never did. Uh, we'll do them eventually. Right, Mindless Genius? Didn't he call you out about the YouTube <laughs> channel? <laughs> Which, funnily enough, there could be some news about that. Oh, hey, speaking of uh, <clears throat> speaking of stuff... Yeah. We mentioned last week uh, that uh, we're gonna have a giveaway. Oh yeah, Are you, starting. Do you want to talk about we're it? We're gonna right do now? that right now. Okay. Um, so the giveaway for our 200th episode and four year anniversary. I don't know why I'm actually picking this stuff up. You guys can't see it, but I want to look at it while Mike's talking about it. <laughs> so we have uh, we have three of the five things in. I will be posting something uh, on Monday, the day after this uh, episode gets posted, um, and uh, it'll have all the information on it. Mm -hmm. But basically what's going to happen is we're going to put a post, and uh, you basically need to go to our socials, um, like the post, repost the uh, the thing in your story, the post in your story, and tag two friends mm -hmm. that you think would like the show. That's Should it. We, hold on. Here, hold on. Should we do 
like and comment in like comment on the post with the two tags of the friends. Yeah, that's and what then, I meant. And then okay, that's what I meant. Sorry, so did you, I not say so that? you like the post, you comment in the comment section. Two friends. That's it. Tag two friends, and then you share it to your story. That's it. It's very simple. It's very simple. You can all you can do it all in ten seconds. Ten seconds, maybe five um, if you're uh, if you got quick fingers. And um, and it, it's going to be worth it this time. It's one hundred percent worth it. We uh, spared no expense. We got uh, so first up, we got uh, some Buzzkill stickers. Oh, these are and they're really high nice. quality stickers too. Really nice stickers. Um, I mean, who doesn't love a good sticker? They smell like vi- like <laughs> mm, vinyl. Uh, they were they turned out really nice. Man. Yeah, dude, I'm actually shocked. They're uh, nice. They're super thick <clears throat> die cut stickers. They're really really nice. Uh, so I'm stoked on those. And they're they're about they're about like the perfect width of well not width because that's huge but the height of probably a standard nipple oh, so yeah you could wear them as pasties so, male male or female well, specifically we, male we, we invite you, them all specifically male if you win we expect a picture maybe you'll go in our calendar oh of course oh <laughs> yeah yeah it'd be the december baby <laughs> so we got that and then uh we figure with the uh with the uh, on the release schedule coming up, it got pushed back, but we do have a new Candyman movie coming out. Yeah, and um, we were super bummed, and uh, we thought, what better way to celebrate the Candyman franchise than by giving away a cop- Blu-ray copy of the Candyman movie, the first one, uh, and not just any copy, but the Scream Factory Collector's double disc edition. collector's edition of Very Candyman. Nice. Very uh, nice. It comes Michael. with two cuts of the film, whole bunch of brand new commentaries, brand new featurettes and uh, interviews and I'm, stuff. I'm it's looking a, at the, uh, the 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 disc rundowns yeah, on the back here. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, dude, Scream Factory doesn't fuck around. They're one yeah. of my favorite uh, they're probably one of the more um, popular boutique labels, like them and Arrow, <coughs> you know, probably the the two bigger ones, but yeah. like uh, but it's a really good release and I'm jealous because I don't even own that one. <laughs> um, also, because we're in quarantine, you're sitting at home a lot, right? You got shit to do. Absolutely. Or, or you've you, got nothing. You've got to nothing do. to do. Yeah. Is what I meant. So we're going to give you some shit to do in the form of a 1,000 piece uh, return to Dairy It Chapter Two Jigsaw Puzzle. Do you have the courage to return? It's this, really awesome. It's it brand just, new. It just released. It, yeah, we actually I had to pre-order it and it just got released this week. So it's a brand new. I don't know if you're if people are up in their puzzle games, but it's so, a brand new release puzzle. So these are. These are two really cool things that neither one of us personally owns uh, we, that, that it, you guys can have. Is it a faux pas if we ourselves enter into the... Uh... Oh, I, I'm entering. <laughs> I'm already entered, actually. I know all your fake internet names, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be on the uh, on the lookout. Um, also, uh, and this is this one's really exciting, uh, I posted a couple of days ago of a really, really awesome painting uh, that uh, our friend Wendy did for us about a year and change ago, many months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea was to always do something with that uh, that logo. It was, it was a brain where like the squiggles in the brain were the folds spelled out the Buzzkill podcast. Yeah. It was really awesome. And we've always wanted to do something with it. And um, maybe I think this is really awesome personally, uh, but we're giving you a, uh, a whiskey drinking cup. Out of it. Oh, is that more, what we're doing? More, more often, more often described as a coffee cup. Oh, co- I, yeah. I drink whiskey out of mine though. Right. <laughs> and when you're feeling saucy, whiskey and coffee. Whiskey, it's a delicious combo. Very good. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, we're super excited about this. We don't have it in yet. It's currently being made. Uh, the batch of them. They're, mm-hmm. they're currently being made. We don't have them in our hands yet. But uh, I will post a picture of them so you can see them. It's the brain on one side with uh, a bunch of like blood splatter, and then on the back side, it's uh, a little tiny uh, version of our original logo. Yeah, that's on the back side. Um, very, <clears throat> very limited. Come on, limited. So if you get this, you can sell it on eBay for like maybe four dollars. Yeah, 
you're going to be rich. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally is probably the most expensive thing. Uh, really? I would say value wise. Value wise, maybe. I, I am. So. Uh, so I've talked in the past couple of years about uh, I got into leather work. Mm-hmm. And I've been making uh, wallets and bags and armor and stuff purses, like that. Purses, clutches. Purses, clutches, and stuff Ar- like purses, that. Purses, clutches, and armor. That should be your tagline. <laughs> purses, clutches, and armor. For all your purses, clutches, and armor need. Uh, and, don't, and don't sell yourself short. Uh, even though you've only been doing it for, <clears throat> comparatively for other companies, a short time. Yeah. Uh, your stuff is, is next level good. For someone who's been doing it for as long as you've been doing it, thanks, man. Like I'm not, I'm not just saying that. Like it's good for what it is. No, it's good. Thank like, you. It's really, really good stuff. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it's the first time you've ever complimented me on anything, so I really I mean, appreciate it. It's opposites day. <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing anymore? <laughs> so, uh, so, so Mike showed me this thing uh, a, a while back where it was just like a cool color palette, like, uh, um, kind of based off of a movie. Yeah. And I was like, that would be really cool to it some, it, come come this October. I thought it would be really cool to do sort of a, a horror, like a um, horror-based line of wallets that are made in the same color palettes as some of my favorite horror movies. So this is going to be the first one. This is my jumping off point. So I will be making uh, my best-selling wallet right now. Is, I call it a, a stowaway wallet. And uh, it's it's a five five pocket card wallet with a little cash pocket in the middle. Made for front pocket wear, right? Uh, you can do front or back. I okay. carry mine in the back, but it's very very low profile, so you can wear it in a in the front pocket in a mm-hmm. suit coat or whatever. It's also good but for uh, women keeping clutches or something like that. They have like a small purse. Oh yeah, I'm making one for a couple of women right now. There so um, uh, I'm gonna I'm doing it based off of one of my favorite all time horror movies, John Carpenter's The Thing. So I'm doing a really cool uh, color palette of uh, I have this gray Pueblo leather and as and also this uh, it's called blue Ghost Patero, mm-hmm. which looks white at first. It's got white wax on top of it, and then over time the white wax will wear away and it'll show like this really be- like beautiful blue yeah. underneath. So it's it's going to be based off of you know a John Carpenter's The Thing color palette. So I'm going to make one of those and put that in this. Uh, this uh, little grab bag. That's a here. value of like what, 60, 70 bucks probably? I sell them for sixty five. There you go. So, so that's that's like I said, that's like I said, worth worth wise. Yeah. That's probably the uh, the creme de la creme. Mm-hmm. And like I said, his stuff is really, really awesome. And if you're anything like me, you needed a new wallet like five years ago <laughs> and still haven't gotten one. So here you go. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that's it. Um, so that's the that's the giveaway. We're gonna we just need the coffee mugs and I need to make the the or yeah, the whiskey mugs. Mm-hmm. And I need to make the wallet, and then we have everything, and we'll get it out to you. So, so you get a Scream Factory Blu-ray, an awesome thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle, <clears throat> a couple of stickers. You got the wallet and the whiskey mug. Yeah, all for literally posting something and tagging literally a all you people. have to do is that's post it. and tag. So, so there you a, go. It's a hot deal. Uh, also, uh, we like I said last week, uh, continue putting those phone calls in. We got our uh, Buzz to Kill hotline set up, and uh, like I said, we really want everyone to be a part of the show next week. Uh, so call in. You can uh, you can congratulate with us. You can uh, or party with us. You can you can hate on us to tell us that our show sucks. Yeah, we don't tell care. us we suck. I like, don't care. Roast us. I'd love like, to hear it. Rake us over the coals. It's <laughs> totally fine. Uh, the number for that is five eight six four three six. Two two six nine. You'll have a series of rings or whatever, and then you'll hear a little uh, personalized message from us, and uh, just leave a message after the beep. It's just like a voicemail. Do it, baby, and uh, please do it because we really want to hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you'll you'll make us sad, and nobody wants sad 
buzzed boys. I already, I, I deal with sad buzz boys enough. I don't want to deal with it on this show. I feel like you might go to jail for that. Um, speaking of speaking of going to jail and correcting things in your life, James. Hey. Last week. Oh boy. Was a doozy. Oh shit. All right. Well, let's do it. Stupid. You're so stupid. Okay. Um. Where, um, where to start? If I may, I'll start. Oh. Uh, this first correction comes courtesy of my beautiful wife. Oh. Uh, she called you out. Because we were talking about napping, and you're like, I can't nap during the day. I haven't done it in years, and blah, blah, blah. I just can't do it. Uh, I have video proof that you can. <laughs> well, that wasn't because so you, much, that wasn't so you much took a nap. Because you took a nap. No, that was a coma. <laughs> that was a, a coma, yeah. When, when, when your bodily physically just passes out on its own, that's not napping. That's literally like shutting down. Looked like a nap to me, bud. Well, it was a very comfortable nap. <laughs> Um, I had another one, but I sorry. can't um, remember what it is. Mindless Genius corrected us mm. on one. I'm going to let you look that up because I didn't actually write it down. But what? yes. What? It's on our Facebook page or our, our oh, uh, Instagram sure. page. <clears throat> and I'm okay. not prepared because I have a whole bunch of other stuff. So while okay. you're looking that up. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Dustin Diamond. Wh- I, uh, which which post is it on? Do you know? Um, I don't know. It was probably the uh, episode post. Okay. From last week. Sure, sure. Uh, Dustin Diamond. I was talking about how he stabbed a guy on Christmas Eve. No, it gets better than that. He stabbed a guy in a bar fight on Christmas Day. Who the fuck is in a bar getting into fights on Christmas Day? <laughs> uh, you, you've, you've obviously never been to Huron County. Oh, <laughs> well, touche. Uh, so this was in 2015 is when it happened. Uh, he served 120 days in jail and had to, uh, and had to give $1,000 in restitution. Oh. So... Good guy, Dustin Diamond, but he's he makes all that money back on selling fake dicks. So what are you gonna do? Um, Ren and Stimpy, I was flabbergasted by this. The uh, the adult audience version spinoff show, Ren and Stimpy Adult Party Cartoon, um, aired on Spike TV in two thousand and three. So I was right. Jesus, was I right? I don't. I remember don't know. What we were I talking think, about. I think it was. There was a little bit after the original run. I think you said that it came right after the original run. No, I didn't say it. No, I said it's like. And he fif- said it was on I MTV. said it's like fifteen years old. And, oh yeah, yeah. But you I also said, said yeah, it was on the MTV. second run was like fifteen years old. It was on Spike TV, and I okay. cannot believe it was that long ago. Already. Yeah, dude. It does not feel like it. Yeah, isn't that wild? Sh- that was the year I graduated high school. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I don't own 40 copies of all three Evil Dead movies. I apologize. 32? I, I own 44 copies, <laughs> uh, between the three movies of the Evil Dead series. Okay. That's, that's kind of sad. Um, the other thing that I couldn't think of that I was looking forward to with, uh, at the Fantasia Fest this year. Yeah. There was one other thing, and it was the, uh, Miskatonic tribute to Stuart Gordon. Oh. It's a whole tribute with a whole bunch of the panel of all people that he's worked with, by uh, actors from his movies and whatnot. Uh-huh. And, uh, it's a big tribute to Stuart Gordon. Once again, it's completely free. August 27th at 5 p.m. Uh, so if you're into that, uh, check that out. Uh, also, Unsolved Mysteries were not half an hour episodes. They were hour-long episodes, oh. which is why they could fit two ep- two stories per. Of course. So, uh, yeah. Did you find... Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Yes, I did. Uh, so from Mindless Genius, we were talking about IBUs uh, last week. Yeah. Um, and even though we're a beer podcast... And it is not internal don't. bowel unrest. No, it is not. It's not. Okay. Surprisingly, no, it's Vito, not. Vito thought that I was serious about that. He called me <laughs> laughing in hysterics, thinking that I was completely serious about that. Well, what does that say? He knows that you're dumb enough to think that. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, so IBU from Mindless Genius, Josh Entner here. Uh, IBU is International Bitterness Units. It's used to gauge how bitter your beer is. 
Uh, and then he goes on to say that saprogenic isn't bad. Saprogenic is great. So hey, let's 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 uh, on the fly correct mindless genius right now. Saprogenic is more than not bad. No, they're they're, they're great. great. <laughs> they also eat their uh, frosted flakes. <laughs> now, it seems to me like that's a that's a very subjective kind of thing. International bitterness units, like, like how it, it, that's kind of. It's kind of subjective because some people, some people find flavor like certain flavors more bitter than others. Unless like, there's a, unless there's actually a test, like an actual scientific test that can measure, like um, not necessarily the flavor, but like the whatever is making the beer bitter. <laughs> kind of like the Scoville unit, you know, yeah. like there's you can actually the peppers are certain they're actually gauged. Yeah, everybody thinks that certain hot sauces, like that, there's some hot sauces that I love that are super hot for other people, and vice versa. You yeah. Know? So I think that the the opinion of it is subjective, but I think that there still is like a scientific way that it can fall in. This will be another correction for next week because it's probably not true. I'm just mouth vomiting. <laughs> He'll right jump in and correct us again. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that uh, that is everything that we got wrong last week. Wrong. You also just got the word wrong long by saying wrong long <laughs> long wrong. What the wrong, fuck? Wrong long wrong long. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to just stop talking and we're going to continue talking about something else, which is what we're drinking this week and what we're talking about this week. So this week we watched the final two films in the, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, which include Texas Chainsaw 3D, if you're us, because you know well, we watched it in 3D. Two, I would say Texas Chainsaw 2.5D. <clears throat> sure. That's what we watched. Yeah, that's fair. And Leatherface. Yes. Which came out in what, 2017? 2017. I can't believe it came out three years ago already. Yeah. So you want to talk about how you flubbed this one up or what? Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> so last week I'd mentioned uh, that I had like a real uh, real awesome beer for this week. One that was going to put us over the edge because it was like a rocking 14% beer. Oh, yeah, right? buddy. And uh, which probably not a not a good idea for this week, seeing how we're recording on the Sunday that we're posting. Oh, and it's already eleven twenty uh, p.m. Yeah. Oh. By the way, oh, this it... episode is going up real late tonight, guys. Oh, is it Sunday? Uh, it doesn't feel like it. But yeah. uh, so I went back today to get the beer, thinking to myself, who's going to buy a twenty dollar four pack of fourteen percent beer? Fucking nobody. Right? Exactly. I yeah. figured it was safe. Nope. Sold it. Sold it. <laughs> so I couldn't get it. Uh, I did find though something that I think is equally as good. And it's only 5.6 uh, alcohol by content, so that's good. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> or so alcohol by volume, I should say. Alcohol by volume. And it's completely black top. Yeah. This you is don't see that yeah, very often. That's cool. You see it on like cans of Monster, and that's yeah. about it. Um, plus, how about that packaging? That's it's, it's, rad. It's super rad, yeah. Uh, so this is Bloodlust, a hazy IPA brewed with blood orange from Rockford Brewing Company. Do you want a glass? Uh, yeah. I feel like I want to be able to see the haze of this bad boy. <laughs> the packaging is really cool. It's a it's an all matte black can, and then it's got a giant um, blood orange at, that's kind of like the moon, like a full moon in the background. And then there's like uh, silhouetted pine trees, like you're standing out in the forest, but then right in the middle... One of the pine trees is replaced by the silhouette of a giant hunting knife. If only that was like a uh, chainsaw blade, it would have been yeah. way better. Yeah, this is very cool though. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I like this a lot. So I'm uh, excited for it. And this is from Rockford Brewing Company. Rockford I've Brewing never, Company. Never I, heard of them. Yep, I don't know much about them either. And I was trying to find a write up on this, and I can't. <laughs> hey man, what are you uh, what are you driving these days? Rocking a Ford. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. Um, oh, Rock, Rockford. I get it. <laughs> You're dumb. 
do they not even like it's it's hard to tell if people even have um if people even have websites anymore these days is that like not a thing that people do I mean, there's stuff on the can what are you looking for there is yeah no, there's not. Government Don't warning. you read it. According to the oh, Surgeon General, warning. women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy. Okay. The, the more you know. Okay, see, I call <laughs> bullshit on that. Because <laughs> I just watched, I, I finally finished Peaky Blinders, and those chicks are all drinking when they're pregnant. You know what they do on that show? And I, Peaky Blinders, if I'm not mistaken, this might be a correction for next week, is based historically on some real people that actually existed. But in the show, what they do is when a woman becomes pregnant, pregnant, she stops drinking whiskey and switches to stout. Wow. Really? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Dang, this place. You know, always... Just switch to the switch to the. Uh... This place looks amazing. Their food looks incredible. What? I'm not on the Rockford, uh, Rockford oh, brewing website. And uh, they got a chicken sandwich that looks fucking baller. Where is it? Where is it? Um, yeah. I don't know. Because that, I didn't see on the can where this that, uh, brewing company is That's from. a very, very good question. I'm assuming it's in Rockford. Oh, it's um, uh, oh, it's um, Comstock Park, Michigan. Oh, shit. So we could go there and eat that oh, food. I see. Well, well it's, it's, it's funny. On here, it says Rockford, Michigan. So is that one of the same? Like it, it called two different places? Yeah. Well, brewed and packaged by Rockford Brewing Company, Comstock Park, Michigan. Oh, maybe that's where it was packaged at? Maybe. And then, uh, the, and then their actual the, yeah, brewery, the actual or brewery the micro is brew or whatever is, that yeah. could be it. I didn't even know this was a Michigan beer. Look yeah, that. cool. The let's, more you know, uh, let's give her a taste, eh? Let's do it. Cheers, sir. Cheers, bud. To uh, Ooh, the last, that was a good to the last of the hundreds here. Yeah, huh? right. Hmm. It's good. This is the same thing that we have with the last hazy. It's yeah. very light and uh, not low. Well, it's light, but it's very. Um, it's not very complex. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's, it's good. Yeah, no, it's delicious. It's, really... it's more. It's it's more juicy. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. Mm. Um, so juicy. So juicy, and that blood orange is nice and bitter and coming through. Yeah, I was gonna I say like the bl- the blood orange cuts through a lot. That's good. I think my favorite flavorings in beers are always like citrus flavors, like your uh, obviously lime. Lime always goes good with beer, but your sure. grapefruits, your orange, you know, stuff like that. Right. You're always. It's always a winning combination. I think when. Uh, when you use those to uh, mix them. That's a winning combination. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's good. And I would like to go to their uh, to their brewery sometime and have that delicious chicken sandwich. That did you see it? No, oh, dude. But I'm yeah, I'm looks, taking your word for it because if I, if anybody knows chicken sandwiches, <laughs> it's Mike. <laughs> I don't know what that laugh was. Here, I'll let show you. It. Yeah, let me see. Oh my god, that looks good. Right? What's on I, top? I thought it was mac and cheese, but I think it's a cheese sauce with shredded cheddar in it. Oh my lanta. Right? That looks delicious. Right? Yeah, let's go to that place. Duh. Nut up, boys, because we're headed your way. <laughs> nut, nut up. <laughs> Jesus. All right, anyway, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's, let's get, get into, into the, the bleed, bleed feed. feed. The bleed feed. You're so weird. I'm trying out for saprogenic. <laughs> oh, oh, is that what it is? A little too low. Um, okay, yeah, uh, we do have a death this week. Oh no, big death, real big death. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't think I heard about this. Rest one. in peace to 20th Century Fox Studios. Oh, uh, 20th Century Fox Studios was 83 years old 
almost hit that centennial. Uh, they were murdered, Not actually. Really. It's murdered, seven, 17 James. 17 years short. By the Walt Disney Company. Oh, boy. Fucking Walt Disney. That, uh, what a guy. Um, <laughs> Isn't he dead? Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's dead. Still, he, um, still, uh, lives on through that company, still though. Still murdering uh, people. Yeah, Walt uh-huh. Disney Company, who, oh, uh, who bought, uh, Fox, um, what was it, a year ago, whatever it was. Mm. They started doing the merger. And, uh, officially this week, though, they officially canceled. <clears throat> Cancel culture, James. Oh, no. They canceled 20th Century Fox Studios, and it is now called uh, 20th Century Television or something like that, or 20th 20th Television, or I don't know. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> They're pretty much only using it now, uh, this rebranded version of the company, for television projects, and that's it, which um. is really shitty. Uh, 20th Century Fox is, is re- it's responsible for fucking movies like Star Wars and Die Hard, yeah. Alien, Independence Day, and like TV shows like The Simpsons and Modern Family. Like, mm-hmm. they're, I don't, I don't understand Disney's reason for, reasoning for closing it. I'm sure business-wise, maybe there's some sense or maybe they're just trying to shut everything down. Especially so it's Disney, since, but. what do they still have, what do they still have under their umbrella that they can use to release more adult-oriented content? Yeah, exactly. Was, do they was, have anything? I don't know. They might. I'm sure Walt Disney's got so many different companies yeah. under their umbrella. I'm sure that they do. Uh-huh. Um, probably ones that are very obvious that we're just not thinking of. But yeah, um, but yeah it's just it's always been weird to me. We knew this was going to come because they pretty much said as much they were going to shut it down. Uh, but it's just fucking weird. Yeah. Now the new mutants will never get released. <laughs> <laughs> We were so close, too. Um, so the New Mutants is sticking to their August 28th release date. I think it was 28th. Okay. It's the August 20-something 20, uh, 20 release date, though. They're still sticking to it, and supposedly that's the day that AMC is going to be reopening their theaters uh-huh. with, like, 15-cent tickets. Some th- Something they're doing, that's how much a ticket cost when they opened way back in the day, oh, or whatever it was. Like, oh, okay. Um, but, uh, but crazy, yeah. I don't... Um, I don't foresee this being... I, I had heard somewhere, maybe this is a correction, I had heard that they are opening the theaters with a no-mask policy. I don't know that you can do that in certain states, but uh, that's what they're doing, huh. which seems... Oh, wait, huh, are you ta- wait, you're talking about... Um, uh, uh, not MJR, the other one. AMC. AMC. Yeah. No, that was a while back. Oh, okay. And there was a huge outcry from the oh, okay. public okay. and they said, like I said are I knew- you stupid and then they they yeah they okay. reneged on the whole thing and they said oh yeah actually we are going to do a mass policy i i okay i was going to say i remember reading something about it and i didn't know how long ago that was mm-hmm. but um okay let's get into some uh, some better news here <clears throat> um one of my favorite stephen king stories that i've not read uh is it came from a buick 8 uh, it came from a Buick Eight. Was a book that sort of fascinated me when I saw the cover because mm-hmm. I love Christine so much. Like, mm-hmm. and I was Christine was one of the. F- I want to say no, I didn't see Christine until way later. But for some reason, uh, it came from a Buick Eight. Like the cover mesmerized me when I was younger when it came out. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it just did. And uh, reading about it and like knowing that the the, the story is is awesome and I, I do need to read it. But it is becoming a uh, feature film. Uh, it's been in development uh, in the past, uh, previously by George A. Romero and Toby Hooper both. Mm. But it is now being spearheaded by uh, uh, Thomas Jane and his production company. Oh, cool! Which makes me wonder if he's going to actually star in it. Probably will. I don't see why he wouldn't. But uh, it is being produced by Jim Mickle. Jim Mickle directed, or I'm sorry, being directed by Jim Mickle, who directed Stakeland, a movie that I know oh, you love. I did like Stakeland, so, uh, yeah. So I've been, it's awesome. another one of the movies I've been trying to get you to watch for a while. Yeah, I will. I own it. I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm pretty excited for that, though. Um, I like Stephen King car movies, so, <laughs> you know. Especially Max, Maximum, Maximum Overdrive. Overdrive. <laughs> 
<laughs> if it's like a blend between Maximum Overdrive and Christine, I'll be in heaven. I actually do. I want to go on record as saying that I actually do love Maximum Overdrive. Oh, yeah. It's so bad, though. It's like, a it's... terrible movie, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, you, you just know that like he was on set just absolutely demolished. Oh, Coke was running and, the show. Yeah, and his like and his nasal passages were just just clogged with cocaine. <laughs> Completely. Um, have you ever uh, stayed up late at night, James? No. And thought to yourself, Oh, you know what I need? I need a sequel to Tusk. Well, I'll tell you who's thought about that. Kevin Smith has thought about that. And you, probably. And me. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. Uh, the, the walrus from Tusk, uh, he's talked about it before, was supposed to be in the end of Moose Jaws. Okay. There was going to be a big fight between like Moose, uh, Tusk, Moose Jaws, and something else. <laughs> I think Jane, Silent Bob were originally supposed to be in it. Like It was a crazy idea. Oh I think God. he's rewritten it at this point. Okay. Um, but he did a live stream uh, over this past week. Um, with uh, with Jason Mewes, and they talked about it. And this is what he had to say about the potential of a Tusk 2. He goes, there's a version of Tusk 2 uh, where you cut to the present and somebody else gets sucked into the spider's web, the house. You hear stories, and when you get to the house, a new Howard Howe is Wallace, or the new Howard Howe is Wallace. Wallace is Justin Long's character, who was the the walrus. Yeah. Uh, he said, who has gotten out of the walrus trappings and stuff is, uh, is obviously disturbed and uh, by his entire, he's obviously disturbed by his entire ordeal and is now doing it to others. So there is a way to do Tusk 2 where Justin becomes Michael Park's character. Wallace becomes sort of the new Howard Howe. That's how Tusk 2 is possible. That's I'm into kinda, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally into it's it. It's completely ridiculous. And I mean, Tusk was ridiculous to begin with. So it, it stands to reason that the second one would be equally as ridiculous. Yeah. The idea that he could ever physically go back to being, to resembling anything even close to human would be. He'd be like the penguin. Kind yeah. of. <laughs> yeah. Because his arms were sewn, like his legs were amputated. His arms were sewn to his torso. Mm -hmm. He had basically those tusks were implanted into his mouth into his jaw mm -hmm. yeah there's no way he could ever go back to normal but but i want to see it. yeah it's fine i still will watch it i'm also and i think that justin long would be great as that oh, character yeah yeah, yeah. justin long i think would be good in most everything to be yeah. honest with you yeah, yeah. um i'm also realizing that when you try to transcribe word for word Kevin Smith's um, speech when he's like super high, baked out of his mind. It's <laughs> yeah. almost like unreadable. <laughs> That's why I was stumbling so much on that. Um, let's see here. Uh, Sony Pictures is uh, getting in on the drive-in uh, experience by opening up their own back lot in Culver City, California, uh, to show movies from the uh, Sony archives. Cool. Which is really awesome. Yeah. Go see a go see a Sony movie like where they made them. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that'd be rad. Um, Running from, uh, it's August 14th, so two days ago as of today it started, uh, and it's going through September 6th, and you have Grown Ups, The Karate Kid, Ghostbusters, uh, the new Vin Diesel Bloodshot movie, Don't Breathe, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, Baby Driver, Men in Black, Bad Boys for Life, and Jumanji, The Next Level. How much are they charging for I that, I do not know. It does not say in this release. I just think that's awesome. If you live in California and near LA, yeah. go fucking see a movie at Culver City. That's awesome. As long as that's not, really cool. As long as it's not ridiculously priced. <laughs> that's true. You know what? Let's see here. Buy tickets. What does it say here? We're going to do this. We're doing this on the fly. Let's do um, it. Let's see here. <laughs> let's see here. James, like, sing a song or something. Um, no, bah. 
Nobody knows oh, the trouble I've seen. Nope. Nobody. <laughs> I don't know. I tried to buy tickets and my computer aired on me. I don't know. Oh. If you're interested, just... So you can't buy tickets. So I guess not. Forget I, this bit of news. <laughs> apparently so. If... Uh, or if you're listening to this and you're interested, just fucking do it yourself. That's that's <laughs> that's what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, are you a fan of the Fear Street novels? R.L. Stein's, uh, you know, teenage, the hardcore teenage novels from was, back in the day. It was too much for me, man. I couldn't handle it. It was too well, intense. Netflix has acquired the movie rights to uh, the the a trilogy of Fear Street novels, mm-hmm. and they're going to turn them into uh, movies. Summer of 2021. So yeah. That's pretty awesome. Um, I like a good throwback R.L. Stein story. Of course. Why not? Yeah. I actually read a, a Goosebumps book not too long ago, mm-hmm. in the last couple months. Why? I Why not? I found one of mine, and like, it took me like weeks to read them when I was a kid. I finished it in literally, I think, 35 minutes. Yeah. Like, they're so easy to read. Yeah. I would like I would actually be interested still. to, because Egg Monsters from Mars, I, oh, remember that that, I remember that book taking me, yeah, a couple yeah. weeks to finish. Well, they're so deep. So and, deep. Oh, I like the uh, was it the abominable snowman of Pasadena. I think it was called. That was a good one. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, what else was that? the the mask? The haunted mask. Haunted mask. Was I also classic. owned the movie The Haunted oh, Mask. I got it right behind me, baby. Oh, that was a joint. It <laughs> <That> was a joint. <laughs> um, anyway, though, uh, yeah. So those will be out in 2021 on Netflix. That's pretty uh, pretty awesome. Let's see here. Moving on. Clive Barker's Books of Blood. Speaking of books being turned into streaming Blood. site movies. Um, the first Books of Blood movie uh, that's going to be on Hulu is going to be coming out on October 7th. Oh, cool. I didn't realize they were going to be coming that quickly. Yeah. Because we talked about this just... <laughs> that's what she said. We, uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. That they were doing it. I didn't... Like I said, I did not realize they were already, like, yeah, more, most of the way through it. Especially since most production has come to a halt on everything. Yeah. I mean, I think production companies are slowly starting to get back to work some are, and they're yeah. also doing it in bubbles i was watching a thing about this today on the uh the old man news show um they like production co- like uh tyler perry's production company he literally just has a community yep where everybody's in the bubble everybody's been tested they can't go anywhere all Pretty they much- can do is they can work on set and they go back to their little apartments and stuff like that yep it's pretty wild it's it's a weird world we're living in right now man yeah. it really really is but um Anyway, uh, this is the, yeah, Seth MacFarlane is producing it. Um, Brandon Braga uh, directed some of them. He's the guy that did a lot of the Orville stuff with Seth, Seth MacFarlane. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty pumped for it. October 7th, it will be on Hulu. Cool. Good uh, good times. Speaking of Blu-rays. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, you, you definitely mentioned those before, right? <laughs> What's uh, going on in Blue, James? <laughs> All right. Four brand new releases from Vinegar Syndrome will include 1989's Grave Robbers, 1988's Memorial Valley Massacre, 1987's Zombie 5, Killing Birds. Or is it Killing Birds? Oh. It is. Do you have it? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Would you say, because you know I have a habit of saying things with a weird emphasis? Uh, Killing Birds. Killing Birds or Killing Birds? I think it's Killing Birds. Yeah. Yeah. Because, oh, also Aaron pointed out last week that I said, uh, what did I say, Kill Bill? Instead of Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah. Your your wife and I were, were texting last week, and she was like, yeah, I listened to it, and James is an idiot. Don't text my wife. Um, and 1988's Spellcaster. She only, she only sends me waist-down photos, okay? <laughs> you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> of me. 
It's the weirdest <laughs> sideways smile I've ever seen. All right. If you did yourself a favor, a huge, Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you did yourself a huge, huge solid. Huge. Huge. And picked up the limited edition 4K Ultra HD release of Marty Scorsese's Shutter Island, which was ensconced in luxuriously stunning steelbook packaging. All over my body. Then you're good to go and you don't have to listen to the rest of this. If you didn't buy Shutter Island in its finest packaging that U.S. currency can uh, currently buy, you now have a chance to purchase it in a decidedly worse non-steelbook package release that is due October 6th and is currently available for pre-order on Amazon. Nice. Uh, with the second season of Eli Roth's History of Horror premiering this October on AMC, we found out that the seven-episode first season will be available on DVD Blu-ray on October 6th. Did you watch that? You watched that, yeah? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, season one, of course, covers zombies, slashers, part one and two, demons, ghosts, killer creatures, and vampires, featuring insights from various A-list storytellers like Stephen King. Ever heard of him? Quentin Tarantino, Jordan Peele, Jason Blum, Robert England, Linda Blair, Tippi Hendred, Rob Zombie, blah, 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 blah. Bunch never, of, never bunch of really awesome people. You can also watch the first season on Shudder. Yes, you can. Why wouldn't you? Only for five dollars a month. Four ninety nine a month, guys. Dumb, Come on. dumb. Not even five bucks. And Shutter, if you're listening, we'll take the sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'd can, like to. I'd actually like to save the five dollars a month. You can you can literally watch awesome horror movies and still have money left over to go to the penny candy store and get some candy. Yeah. Yep. What a deal. Those little those little buttons that are on the paper. Ooh, and you of, eat them. Just one of them. And you eat them right off the paper. <laughs> Yeah, you can only you can only get no, one. It's all about the wax soda pop uh, bottles, and you have to tear the, the top of the wax off. And How did you eat those? How, How did you eat them? I know people that like just literally chewed them, which you, is fucking weird to me. It's not weird. I it's... always ripped off the top and then squeezed the juice into my mouth, and that sounds a lot worse now that I'm saying that out loud. But <laughs> I did both. I did both. Sometimes I would do it that way, and then every once in a while I would just pop the whole thing yeah, into I, my I mouth because it's nice when you bite into it and it just sort I wasn't of like about that life. explodes. There's still one of those melted on my parents' driveway, though. It's, there is? It's black and has spread over quite a distance at this point. It's been there for probably 20 years. Really? Oh, yeah. That's interesting. I next, time any, I, next time I'm there, I'll have to check it I out. I don't think anybody knows what it is except for me. Well, now I do. And now the dozen people who listen to us do. All right. If you've uh, felt like your life was missing something lately, I think we all have, more specifically... 4K Ultra HD scenes of dirty needles penetrating gangrenous wounds and dirty double-sided dildos penetrating... I was going to say sex. That's really close. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, Darren Aronofsky's Depressed Fest Requiem for a Dream is headed to 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray mm. and digital on October 13th in celebration of 20 years of making everyone who watches it want to curl up in the fetal position and puke themselves to death. I love that movie. Uh it's so fucking sad and depressing. Oh, though. it certainly is. But it's a great movie. It's just it's like a once every five years kind of watch for me. It's kind of like, um, and this is gonna sound weird, but it's kind of like uh, like Schindler's List. Like it's a fantastic, fantastic movie. It's an incredible achievement in filmmaking. Yeah, I can't watch that movie more than once every five years or so. Like it's just same not... thing. For, same thing with me, uh, Schindler's List. Mm, nah, okay, that's about once a week for me. That's that's once a weeker. <laughs> All right, Natalie Erica James's film Relic has been causing quite a stir in the horror community this year. It just came out in 2020 and is now coming to Blu-ray courtesy of Scream Factory. It will hit shelves on November 17th and in the meantime can be rented on all VOD platforms. 
And last, but certainly not least, Deep Star 6, the aquatic horror gem from Friday the 13th director Sean Cunningham, so good. is headed to Blu-ray for the first time from Kino Lorber. Are you taking a picture of me? I am. How sexy do I look? Um, Not very. It is slated to hit <laughs> shelves on October 13th with brand new extras and special features. You should have taken it while I was talking because now I have nothing else to talk about. Stop and it. nobody <laughs> knows <laughs> the trouble. I've. This is going to be real time. I'm posting this right now while we're recording and then people are going to listen to it in like an hour. Can I see the picture at yeah, least? You look you know, as stupid as normal. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> All right, keep going. Okay, I'm done. Oh, you're done. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> my last bit of news here uh, is actually uh, it's 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 a dream come true. Have you ever wanted to fuck in a blockbuster? Yeah. Have you though? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Um, that's a dumb question. The uh, the the lack the lack the last blockbuster video rental store. The lack blockbuster. <laughs> Words are hard tonight. The lackluster block. The the blockbuster video in Bend, Oregon is known as the last blockbuster because it is the last one that is uh, up and running still, and uh, they are they have they have through Airbnb they are offering the chance to stay the night in a blockbuster video rental store. So you you literally have a chance to have sex in a blockbuster in a place called Bend, Oregon. <laughs> Oh, it writes itself. <laughs> it writes itself. They um they literally though transformed part of the I don't know if you've seen a picture of this. I did see the picture. It's very cool. They transformed a part of the rental store to look like a straight out of the nineties living room. That yeah. like I, that you would see on like a sitcom or maybe you grew up with it. Um, and it looks awesome. And you cannot tell me that there is anybody that is you, that is taking advantage of this and they are not fucking in there. Well, here's the thing. Everyone is. No, here's the thing though, is because I've seen the pictures, and I know the dream. That setup is not meant for you to take your sweetheart. That setup's for you to take six of your best friends, a case of Tab Cola, maybe some Mountain Dew for breakfast for the next morning, a I... bunch of beef jerky and potted meat product, some salsa and chips. You're not you're not going there to fuck. Mike. Listen, dude. Listen, dude. You're going I, there to watch watch movies with your boys. I think you're being a little sexist. There's a lot of chicks. I think they're into that same thing. I'm saying this. I'm tapping into my 12 year old self. Sure. A lot of girls there when was, they were 12 years was, old had the same thing. Oh no, no. That's that's yeah, fine. I'm saying from my personal experience, when I was 12, there was no girls around because look at me. No, Listen, gr- no girls wanted to be around me or I mean, my that's, friends. That's true. Because most of my friends were like you. That's true. Even though I didn't know you at the time. <laughs> I don't know. I would. I would. I would take somebody there. Yes, Mike. I would definitely have sex in the last blockbuster. Maybe you're banging your boys. Oh, maybe that's the thing you did. When okay. You were <laughs> oh, we go back to the old experiment, the, the, like the time of experimentation. Is that what you meant by experimental bear suit? Yeah. You, yes. <laughs> it was preteen uh, furry play. That's <laughs> that's what you were into. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> that's uh, that's all I got. Um, but you can do that if that's the thing that you're into. Maybe uh, maybe your significant other is into it. Go do it because. Preteen furry play. I uh, just just don't bring a blacklight with you. That's all I'm going to say. All right, James, that's it. Okay, we are, we are done with the news. All right, bud. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break. And... Oh my god, we're under an hour. Yeah, we're under quick. an hour. We have forty seconds left. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Um, <laughs> taking a break. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the last two films in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. For now. For now. Ooh. Ooh. 
All right. There should be ominous music behind that. Hmm. You can put it in later if you yeah, feel okay. like it. All right, we'll be back. <laughs> That's what she said, right? <laughs> Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Get a little higher, a little higher, a little high, a little higher. Keep it high and tight. We uh, we are still watching uh, Escape from New York, and there is a character whose hair looks like it's it's part uh, Derek Wibley from Some Forty One, and then part like Super Saiyan Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then <laughs> and like, my hair and is the, so long right now that I could probably do it. And then part Rooster too. Part, yeah, part here sexy comes the Rooster. Sexy Rooster. Do you know that song's about his dad? It is. Yeah, the Rooster. I guess he they, his dad's nickname was the Rooster. So that song's about him. Who knew? That's kind of a rad nickname. Right? Don't you wish you had a sweet nickname? We're going over to the fucking Roosters, man. Fucking. That's pretty awesome, actually. Who's over? Oh, it's just me, George, Charlie, and the fucking Rooster. <laughs> so all the Roosters there? All right. Uh, so speaking of you know, Texas it's Chainsaw. it's going to be a good night when the Rooster's over. <laughs> no shit, right? Um, okay. So we finally made it, James. Uh, the last two entries in this super long seven film. Seven or eight film? Eight film. Eight, yeah. Eight film uh, catalog of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Not a single one of these movies to date has made any fucking sense at all. <laughs> uh, except for, I suppose, the remake, because they started fresh. But uh, outside of that... Wait, would it not a... You're saying even the original? No. Okay, that's fine. Any of the sequels, at least. Okay. So, that brings us to <laughs> Texas Chainsaw 3D, or if you're us, Texas, Texas Chainsaw 2.5. 2.5D. D. Or if so, you're, or if you're everybody else who didn't see it at the theater and didn't watch it on my 2.5D TV, it's just Texas Chainsaw. Yep. So what happened was this movie was originally released in 3D. James here has a 3D uh, television. Damn right I do. However, we didn't have the actual 3D disc, but your TV has like a 2D to TV, a 2D to 3D conversion on yeah. it. So it's like we got kind of like it's half not, of what it was supposed to it's be. It's not the greatest thing ever, but if you have a couple of beers in you, it's it's uh, passable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just kind of a, you, you expand it with your mind. Although when we watched um, Jurassic Park on it, oh, it was so good, that was lovely. But that was also a 3D disc. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, that so, makes sense. Way better. Anyway, uh, Texas Chainsaw is from 2013. Mm. Mm-hmm. So seven years ago, this movie came out. Um, there you go. Math is <laughs> right? math is hard. Math is good today. <laughs> uh, this movie was directed by John Lusenhop. Um, Adam Marcus wrote the uh, screenplay for this. Interesting. I didn't. Uh, I did not realize that. Uh, Adam Marcus, you would know from uh, the writer of Jason Goes to Hell and the director of Jason Goes to Hell. Mike's favorite Jason movie. It is one hundred percent my favorite Jason movie. Um, <laughs> shut up. Uh, anyway, though, um, this this Stupid movie. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just tell us what you think of this movie. Ooh, this movie. Uh, I'm conflicted on it. I, I think that this movie had good ideas. And I think that there are, there are some redeeming qualities about the movie. The problem is, is that it just, A, wasn't written well. And B, I fucking hate almost every character in this movie. <laughs> like, well, the characters are so bad that it makes it almost irredeemable to me. Yeah. Be- and the, set, be- the setup is bad, too. I was going to say, before you. we get into that, let's... 
let's talk about how they even set the tone with this movie. So this movie is a direct is once again a direct sequel to the original The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nothing else exists. It is a it is a complete sequel to that movie. Right. So if you take it as which, which the movie opens with it opens literally at the very end of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But in the, such a in such a bizarre way because suddenly there's 10 other people in the it house. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like and they're just literally, a, they're not like crazy cannibals, it's just a bunch of good old boys basically. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's fucking bizarre. You have like the actual semi truck from the from the end of the original right. is is there. They yeah. actually shot stuff with the semi truck driver too, but they ended up cutting it out. It's on the deleted scenes mm-hmm. of the desk cuz yes, I own this movie for some reason. Um but uh, yeah, so like they actually did shoot that, but they ended up cutting it out. <clears throat> and the weird thing is the first like two minutes and 40 some odd seconds of the movie are all flashbacks of the first original movie. Uh-huh. And what they did is they recast the character of Drayton Sawyer. Drayton was the cook. Yeah. Uh, in the, and they never actually called him by name, I think, until the second movie. But he was the cook. Right. Um, and he has obviously since uh, since passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, however... Was his name Jim Sidow? Something like yeah, that. Jim yeah, Jim Sidow was, was the guy's name. Yeah. Um, so they recast him with Bill Mosley, which is little, weird. Which it was is, a little confusing because it, Bill Mosley played Chop, Chop Top, Top. So in was, two. So it was very confusing. Um, and what, what they did, though, and they, they, said, they said that they did this because... They thought that it made it less confusing. They literally injected Bill Mosley into the original movie's footage to make you think that that's where he came from. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? Uh. Um, and they don't ever, they don't ever, they call him Drayton, I suppose. But this is what I was sort of talking about um, when I was constantly going to check <clears throat> IMDb for character names. Yeah. Because they re, first of all, they reuse names for different characters a lot throughout this entire series. Like yeah. Jedediah, for example. Granted, it was the remake, but even still, that was the first time you heard the name Jedediah until the later Texas Chainsaw movies. But Jedediah was a different person in the remake. It was the little boy. Exactly. And Jedediah is Leatherface. Jed is Leatherface in this movie. In these two movies. In these two movies. And then then in the remake, uh, Leatherface was named Thomas, right? Thomas Sawyer. In the remake. Yes. Yes. So it's it's, it's super confusing. And then, and like you said... This movie is supposed to pick up literally exactly where the first one ended to where you actually see the cuts, the movies blend together. Before we say anything else, can we just talk about, in this flashback scene, can we talk about Leatherface's mask? In the flashback scene? Yeah. Do you not remember the first couple minutes of this movie, the mask that Leatherface was wearing? It was supposed to be a recreation of the mask that he was wearing at the end of the 1974 movie, but it looked like it was... It looked like it. It looked like <laughs> it was like a caricature version, sort of, of that mask. It, it looked like those, you know, the uh, what was it the Paul Frank, like the sock sock monkey. Mm-hmm. It looked mm-hmm. like he was wearing one of those. It was ridiculous. So it was the mask where he's got the lipstick on, the black eyeshadow, or whatever. It's like the woman's face. Or, yeah. But then he's also wearing the suit, so it's kind of like the, right. a mix of the two. Um, but yeah, but the, it was done in a way to where the the color on the face was so bright yeah, it was, that it looked cartoonish. Yeah, and it, it was just almost like, like clown makeup. Yeah, it was yeah, weird. It just, it just didn't look great. I was like, what? And then they have they have the house here where the original the original fucking movie had it was grandfather, mm-hmm. it was the cook, it was uh, who else was there? Who else? Uh, Leatherface was there. Uh, hitchhiker was uh, uh, Hitchhiker nub- got killed. Nubbins. Uh, nubbins. And was Nubbins any- was a hitchhiker. Yeah, okay. the same character. Was he there- got he got killed at the 
end. Yeah, he so got run he, over by yeah. the, the semi truck. Who else was there though in the original? I think part that's of the family. It. I think that's it, so, except for Sally. So yeah, so this movie is supposed to pick up directly where that movie uh, leaves off, and suddenly there's like ten fucking people in the house <laughs> of characters that make absolutely no sense. It was just an excuse to have um, uh, Gunnar Hansen was in it, the chick who played Sally. I can never remember her name. Um, she was in it. She played the uh, the mother character, which there was no fucking mother character in the original movie. Oh, Verna. Yeah, is that who that was supposed to be? I th- um, maybe I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's not. It's not explained. <laughs> it's all just. Yeah. It's and all it just, just sort it's of. It's like who? If this is a direct sequel, you're literally the first five minutes of the movie. You're failing completely. <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. So all these, you know, uh, I'm not going to go through the entire movie. Yeah. The, yeah. Don't worry. The about good the old whole... boys show up. They end up burning the house to the ground, killing the entire Sawyer family, basically. Right. Um, while they're sifting through the ashes, because this is important, they find. Um, uh, a, a woman. So the woman was uh, was Verna, right? No, no, no. no the woman oh, was shit. <laughs> the, the woman was Verna's daughter, I guess, because Verna was Dario's uh, grandmother in this movie. Verna was okay. It was the grandmother. So whoever whoever Dario's characters, what's her name? I don't even remember what her name was in this movie. Uh, Heather. Heather. Which we'll go through the cast in a minute here. Whoever Heather's mother was, uh, she got booted in the fucking face and apparently died. Uh, when when one of the good old boys found her, it was her clutching her her baby, basically. I mean, she just crawled out of a fire, and then she took like a like a solid kick to the to to the dome with a probably right in the, a, right probably, in the nose, probably a steel toed boot, yeah. I imagine. So right that, in the nose, that, so that, that'd probably kill you. So this guy basically steals the baby, goes over to his wife and go, "Hey, look what I found! Put it in the truck and let's go. Let's go to the rally." <laughs> we found ourselves a baby, mama. And and it's so weird because he seems very excited about the fact they got this baby, and fast forward thirty seven years or whatever it is, right? No, not even because that baby was uh, Heather Miller. But no, that's the thing though, James. This movie is supposed to take place in twenty twelve. Oh, yeah. It's thirty nine years later. Alexandra Daddario is not fucking thirty nine years old. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. That, wait, this movie was supposed to take place yes in in, in the time present day. Yes. Really? Yes. Unless I'm wrong, everything that I got from this movie is supposed to be that. It does not make any sense. Um, yeah, that doesn't. If that you doesn't want, if sense. you want, James, we can like pause it and I'll put the movie in. We can see if I'm right. Do they actually say what year it is? I think it says like 37 years later or no. 39 years later or whatever. I'm no. pretty sure. Here, we're gonna pause real quick and come back. <laughs> Okay. okay, it doesn't actually say 39 years later, no. but it's quite obvious that it takes place in present day. And, and even, wa- like IMD, watching, even watching on IMDb this movie, and yeah, stuff, so, it says... And IMDb, if you go the first goof that it says uh, in their goofs section... Um, oh, it's actually not the first one, but... Uh, anachronisms. The movie takes place in 2012, and the opening scene set in 1973, Heather is a baby. This would make Heather at least 39 years old throughout the rest of the film. However, her character is obviously much younger than that. Uh, her actress Alexandra Daddario was only 25 at the time yeah, of it, filming. It doesn't make any sense, like at all. Yeah, and uh, it, how did they? How did they just? Do they just gloss over this and not give a shit? I mean, they the, must. And the second one, the characters of Sheriff Hooper and Burt Hartman are in the 1973 set opening scene. 39 years later, neither character appears to have aged a day. <laughs> yeah, like they'd be like you were saying, they'd be in their 70s, right, or close to their 70s, right. Like it, it, they're not. Yeah, why the? F- <laughs> That's it's, wow. 
Is it is it almost like did they just do it? Because, I don't know. It's like, because it's because we want to set we want to make a present day Texas Chainsaw movie, but we gotta but we have the blessings of Toby Hooper, so we have to have the original into it, and we have all these sexy bodies. Who cares? T- to hell with continuity. Who gives a shit? That's, that's what it was. That's pretty. That's. I, that's um, that's exactly what happened. I guarantee. I, I guarantee. It's all I me. Mean, I'm speculating, but I guarantee. I can. Well, I, I bet the farm on it. I really we, would. We can't fill a movie with a bunch of forty year old broads. We got to put a couple of sexy twenty five year olds in there. So I, I, they just said, "Screw the timeline." Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be like this would be like make if the Hall- Halloween 2018 came out and Laurie Strode was still like in her thirties or something like that. Yeah. Like. <laughs> oh, and by the way, to go back, not that forty year old broads. And excuse me for calling you you broads. Uh, not that they're not extremely sexy. Oh, hey. Because they are. Unless you, unless you like, Just not, not according to Hollywood. Because they're all a bunch of pricks. Unless you weren't <laughs> sexy even before. Oh. Then, you, then that, that might, you don't, you might not just get sexy. Some people do, though. Some people, the more the age, the sexier they get. So, hey, mm. who, am I, who am I to say? <laughs> hey, uh, you're looking at them, bud. Right oh. here. Look at me. Yeah, they, actually, you're right. You know, bald guys—they really do. Uh, <laughs> they really do set it off. Actually, Paul Rudd. You see that picture that Jen? Yeah. Paul Rudd's just doing it, man. He's getting better and better with age. I had to excuse myself and do a little uh, solo Dutch rudder. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. The Paul Rudder. <laughs> <laughs> the old Paul Rudder. Uh, anyway, um, back yeah. to the movie here. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it this just, this is mind-boggling. Sense. And I was talking about the, the parents when they uh, the the, uh, the quote unquote adoptive parents when when Dario I mean, Heather finds out that she is not she's actually a Sawyer and not their child. Yeah, the dad's acting as though like he never wanted a kid to begin with. Like, You're the one that fucking th- Damn, stole the kid. Why, why'd you take the baby then, man? <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's your problem. Oh, it just doesn't make any sense. Let's see here. Um, Alexandra Daddario uh, plays Heather. She is the main character. She's Her, she's gross, right? She's just hideous. So gross. Just hideous. Um, I have to say that, otherwise I will spend the next hour talking about how not gross she is. You know what? It's episode one ninety nine. We got to do it. <laughs> Fine. Um, let's see here. Lay you down. <laughs> You have uh, her boyfriend Ryan, played by Trey Songs. Fine. I mean, let's be honest, he's uh, he's pretty pretty good looking piece of man. Yeah, that's a that's a good looking man. Uh, their <laughs> friend, uh, they have two friends. Uh, you have Nikki, uh, who is played by uh, Tania or Tanya. Ta- Tanya. Tanya. Is, <laughs> that's Tanya. Sure, bud. Sure, Tanya. Tanya <laughs> Raymond. Tanya Raymond. Uh, and then Daryl, right? Is Daryl the guy's name? No, Carl. That's Carl. Carl. No, no, Carl is the the. Carl is the cop, the uh, oh, mayor's Car- son. Oh, okay. All well, right, sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to him in a minute. But yeah. uh, who was the, who was the other dude? Yeah, Daryl. Yeah, Daryl. Okay, Daryl is played by Sean Sippos. Um, the best way that I can describe Daryl is that he was he's basically if you smash the heads of '90s David Arquette and um, who else did I Lance say? Bass. And, oh, it was, yeah, and yeah. Lance Bass together. Like it's 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 uncanny. <laughs> yeah, he's like a less talented Lance Bass. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> Oh, Alex Winter was the other one. He looks like Alex Winter a lot too. Who's Alex Winter? Oh, the dude from um, Bill and Ted. Come yeah, on. Bill and Ted. Um, but yeah, it's it's and he's every character in this movie kind of sucks. Yeah, they're like all uh, like the Dario's character would be good if she wasn't just played up to be a sexy body. Like, don't get me wrong. Like eye candy is eye candy, right? That's why she's there. Let's be completely honest with you. Oh, well, that's it. I no, mean, it is. She's a good actress too, but she was 
let's dude they <laughs> what we said before we got a whole bunch of hard bodies that we got to let shine mm. like that's what this movie is this this movie is is the perfect example of what happens when studios do not understand why horror fans love horror movies and they're just trying to capitalize on the trends of that's the, time. the thing when this that's, came out, that's what this, this came is. out in 2013 so we were already past all this bullshit like what they did with this movie was was 2000 2003 mm-hmm. like bush league kind of shit like yeah kind of this is essentially so whereas the uh the 2003 remake of texas chainsaw they massacre so right. was incredible and probably would have been better suited for like they did it they Backwards. did a they did a really good remake before really good remakes were being made. Yeah. And then they went and made this piece of shit and they and it came out in 2013 and this is like this is this movie is everything that was wrong with 2003. Yeah. Yeah, but like, they made it 10 years later. Like, this is this is like studio executive greed yeah. on screen. Yeah. It's just like it's trope after trope after trope and mm-hmm. it just this this franchise, especially however dark and gritty it should be, yeah. it just doesn't work for this type of movie. Um, yeah, this this movie just got, yeah. <laughs> and I, now we have it on again. To- Toby Hooper actually does a commentary on the disc of this. Yeah, um, him and Ken uh, Kim Hinkle both were executive producers on this. Mm-hmm. Like at this point, it was it was money grabs for them. I'm sure. You know, Kim Hinkle pissed all over the franchise in 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 his great Texas Chainsaw: uh, The Next Generation. Wasn't this so? One, I think at this point he was just cashing checks. Honestly, wasn't this one of the last movies Toby Hooper executive produced too? It might no, he executively produced the remake too. I think, pretty sure he did, because he only died a couple of years ago. That came out in 2017. <laughs> the the remake or the, or the, the I'm sorry, two, Leatherface. Oh, Leatherface. Yeah. Oh, oh, maybe that's what I was. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. that came out in 2017, and then yep. he died shortly after that. Yeah, okay, all yeah. right. Yeah, um, I'm mixing them up. Anyway, though, um, so basically. The character, this, this, you have a new character in the movie, uh, of, um, Vilmer, not Vilmer, Vilmer is, Vilmer is Matthew McConaughey's character in Next Generation, <laughs> the, the mother, the grandmother. Oh, Verna. Verna. Yeah. So Verna is like a new character. Vilmer, did, Verna. Yeah. They're close. She did not exist in any other, um, in any other timeline. Yeah. Even though, even though this is supposed to be a sequel to the original, she never existed in the original. Um, well, it's this idea that, uh, <clears throat> like, in the original, because you know there was the dinner scene, and then everybody ran outside. We were supposed to, we were supposed to be essentially missing a bunch of what was going on in the house. That's like, the idea. Like I mom suppose. was kicking around somewhere in the house, and then at some point, a bunch of their good old boy uh, relatives showed up for a shootout with the cops and stuff. Like they don't you, explain it. Yeah, what are you doing? It's just you're supposed <laughs> to just like accept it and move on. Yeah. which it's the only way that you can. That's all you can do. Yeah. All you can do, yeah. Um, so she's uh, sh- she's the grandmother, and she uh, she passes away, and yep. she has a lawyer in uh, the one only Richard Reilly, aka the new face of diabetes. Um, <laughs> diabetes, <laughs> calling it back. Farnsworth, um, he plays. Yeah, so he plays the lawyer that mm-hmm. basically gets a hold of uh, Heather's character and basically tells her that no, this is your real family. You have an inheritance that's left to you. You have to come sign some paperwork. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Uh, so she goes out there with her friends. They end up picking up uh, a hitchhiker, which I'm going to get into the fucking hitchhiker in a minute here. Um, they end up going to the house, and uh, he tells her very specifically there is a, a piece of paper in the will that you have to read before you do anything else. Read this paper. Of course, she doesn't. So they go up to the house 
the hitchhiker who is like cool guy number five here. He's uh, you know, sexy, sexy botted um, GQ fucking hitchhiker. Which yeah, has anybody ever a, actually seen a hitchhiker that looks like that? I've seen a hitchhiker. A hitchhiker. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, like let's let's take this character from the original that was like one of the more, most interesting characters from the beginning of the original Texas Chainsaw and just put a fucking op- a ripped open shirt, a bunch of muscles, and GQ the fuck out of him. Well. Like, it's the like difference a, here is he's not part of the family. The hitchhiker in the original was part of the family, so he was... I get that, but he didn't need to be a hitchhiker, though. It, it, it was very clearly a play on the original movie. They didn't need to do it at all. They could have picked him up somewhere else. Yeah. You know, there could have been a different backstory for him. I feel like it's just kind not, of shitting not, on not to mention, the memory of that character. Yeah, not to mention, like, what they use him for in this movie is, like, like all of a sudden these three he's people... He's a means to an end. Yeah, all of a sudden these three people trust him... Because they're stupid. They trust him with all their possessions. They're like, hey, we're going to run into town. Why don't you watch the house for a bit? This group of people probably would have been at the bar the other night. <laughs> That's Those are the kind of people we're dealing with. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, of, of course, he's uh, you know he's not a handsome, nice guy. It turns out he wants to steal everything in the house. And then he he's comes, a crook. And then he's the first person who comes across the... The, the, the layer basement. the layer of, yeah. of Leatherface. So what they didn't realize is that there was an older aging Leatherface living in the basement, basically. Yeah. And the grandmother had been taking care of him all of these years. You mm-hmm. don't know how it happened, because they don't explain it in this movie, but she's taking care of him. He's down there, and he basically runs amok and has uh, has bloodlust. Brought to you by Rockford Brewing. Oh, um, I actually need another one. <laughs> Uh, he's basically let loose or whatever, and you have uh, the Leatherface character doing his thing. You know, uh, terrorizes the terrorizes the kids or whatever until Heather finds out that she is Leatherface's cousin, and that leads to the intro to the episode this week. The single with- <laughs> the single greatest line in any Texas Chainsaw Massacre film: "Do your thing, cuz." Do your thing, cuz. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Like. Oh, like, hold on a second. You, this is a girl who has lived a seemingly pretty normal life. Uh, And she's suddenly thrust into this perilous situation where Mm -hmm. at first she's being chased by this, this uh, maniac with a chainsaw. And then by the end, she's tossing the chainsaw to him and like, yeah, sure, it's cute that she goes, do your thing, cuz, but the thing that he's doing is chopping people up with a chainsaw. Yeah. Like, she got real okay with that really real fast. Real quick, yeah. <laughs> you know? It, it, maybe some time to adjust, perhaps. You know, like, no one really eased her into this. Or maybe there was just a switch that flipped in her again, head because she was a sawyer by blood, you but know? James, so it's like she was cutting meat in the beginning. mm and she had a chicken bone collection. Okay, so they definitely they kind of they wove it all this together. Is clear this, as day. Like, How could you not see this? And this really, <laughs> it's really, it's really a, uh, a sort of intricate tapestry that they've woven for us here. Y- yeah, it's um, chicken bones cutting something else. Cutting a cutting a steak with a bandsaw. It was good looking steak though. It was a really good looking steak. Good looking bandsaw too. Good looking ass. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not gonna not call it out. <laughs> they they did a they, they purposely made us look at her ass quite a bit, right? I would be doing her a disservice if I did not if that's, I did not commend her on her assets. That's not untrue. Uh just saying. For me though, Alexander Dario, the dark hair and the bright blue eyes. Oh my god. Oh, forget about it. Oh bud. my god, dude. 
during the commentary because I was playing the commentary earlier because I wanted to hear what Toby Hooper had to say about the beginning of this movie. Is he being a creep? It was no, no. It was the the producer of the movie. I forget his name. It was him and Toby Hooper on the uh, commentary track, and um, he's on there and they're talking about Alexandra Dario. And he goes, yeah, and Alexandra Daddario, she was cast, and she had, she just has the most spectacular eyes. Like, and he put a pause. Between, it's like, you motherfucker. Like, come on. You're not even hiding it. Like, Wait, hold on. But she does. Is it like how... The way he said it, though. You really and the think scene, that he was... The way they said it, and like the scene that was on... Was it the she scene was, like where her shirt very, gets ripped open at the end? She was No, it was it was in the very beginning. Oh, okay. But she was very busty in the scene, is all I'm saying. <laughs> so if they were watching it, which they were, like, it's the way... It's like, she had very spectacular eyes. <laughs> like, like, there was a weird pause in there. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> It's like you fucking perv. Uh, yeah, well. we're we're ones to talk, right? Yeah. No um. Shit. Anyway, uh, what what about? I mean, this but movie? her eyes are spectacular. I agree. I so agree. are yours, by the way. Thanks, man. Let's let's even the field here. Should I, should I open up my shirt and velcro them to my tits so <laughs> so that the shirt doesn't move in a scene where it would have moved like crazy? Double sided tape, bud. Hey, gotta be prepared. The, right? It's the it's the best secret <laughs> in Hollywood. Um. Okay. Was there anything about this movie that you did like? Like I don't like because I actually can point out quite a few things i actually can say that they had good ideas yeah you mentioned something to me earlier and i'll uh, i'll just steal it and then we can we can discuss it sure i agree with you that i like the idea you mentioned this off off air before we started recording you like the idea of an aging leatherface yeah i think it's a cool like what would have happened to him like after you know so it turns out he was in this house. Like Verna had come into money; she'd married Rich or something like that. <sighs> yep. And so she was point that I'll get into she was later. basically keeping uh, keeping Jed down in the basement, like in his own little lair, mm-hmm. keeping him safe, basically keeping him safe and out of uh, out of out of the spotlight. It seems like she kind of <laughs> seems like they didn't go out and do too many killings anymore. It kind of seemed well, like she was laying. That's low. the thing is uh, they've always kind of made it appear as though. Uh, jed or tommy depending on which movies you're watching he never really killed out of um uh desire to it was more he was commanded to by somebody in the family it was almost or in the case of this movie it was almost like he was protecting his house right killing out of necessity like protection of either members of his family or his own property or something like that you know so so you know, the idea that he was in the basement all these years just sort of living his life and not necessarily needing to go out and kill. Well, he's, and the thing is, too, kind of, he's older. He's yeah. been, he's older. His leg was cut in the in the original movie, you know, like, so maybe he's, mm-hmm. doesn't get around as easily anymore. Yeah. I, I, I like, like we said, I like the idea of the idea of, uh, of, of an aging leather face. I think yeah. it's a very interesting thing to look into. Like, how would he be? What is, but they didn't, the thing is, they didn't lean into it. Like, they didn't even lean into the fact that he was older. He was just Leatherface living in the basement. Yeah. If they would have leaned into it more and like, like he's older now. Maybe he can't run as fast. Like maybe there's like certain little things where he's trying to chase somebody, but he slows down a little bit more. Well, here's- maybe there's like he's um, like more sad on which he actually is kind of sadder in this movie. I guess like there yeah. is a little bit of that to it. Um, the the one thing that they did do that seemed to suggest that he had been kind of aging in that basement for a while is the mask, which I hated in this movie. I didn't care for it either. Uh, it it looked like it looked like he just rubbed a bunch of mud and shit all over his face. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, um, it was really bad. It was almost like too textured. 
like they tried to do too much on it yeah. and it ended up just looking muddy. Yeah. Is is was what it looked like. Yeah, and it was really... and K and B did the effects for this movie, but it seems like it was like a throwaway movie for them. A, like it's a rare miss. Yeah, it just, like it just didn't seem it, like they cared. And it had a really weird, like pointy, witchy nose and yep. stuff. Like, I, just, yep. I don't know. I just I really yeah, didn't it like was weird. it at all. There was a cool scene where he literally stitches the mask to his face. I'm not sure what the significance of that was. I think it was just a gross out scene, but yeah. it was kind of cool though. It was kind of neat though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, I do like the idea of, like I said, of the aging Leatherface. I also like the idea that this was the very first movie in the entire franchise that Leatherface was the solo character, the solo uh, antagonist in the mm-hmm. movie. He didn't have a family around him. It yeah. was just him. It was very much like Jason or Michael Myers. Like yeah. this is the movie where he actually shined. Right. And I like the idea of that as well. Yeah. Um, I I like the idea. Well, I don't know if I like it so much. Or <laughs> I, I I can I can get down with the idea that you know what? No, I fucking can't. <laughs> what though? I hate I hate the idea that all the people in the in the town think that that house is empty. Yet Velma Velma was that Ver, her? Verna. 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 She's lived there her, her whole life. Who, who who built the fucking house? She did. How do they not know she was there? The they did know she was there. No, they always said I thought that place was empty. They say it over and over in the movie. Oh, you're up at that house. I thought that place was empty. Nope, I'm in there now. No, I think they just mean because she died and they didn't know. That yeah. Verna had any any kin, you know. All right, uh, fair I think, enough. Fair I think enough. that's all I'll, it is. I'll okay. I'll find that's that's. I'll um, I'll take yeah, your word so for that, that one. Yeah, that makes. I think that makes sense. But uh, I don't know. There was like other stuff that I hated. Um, the uh, the whole the whole story, like the the side story of uh, Heather's boyfriend. Uh, what was his name? Played by Trey Songs, what was it? Uh, uh, Ryan. Uh, Ryan, yeah. Ryan and then Nikki had like had a at, at one point in time they had a one night stand and then throughout the entire movie she's flirting with him and trying to sleep with him again. And then they have a scene where she lures him out into the barn and they're uh, you know that like at, at one point they run out of the barn and he's not wearing a shirt and she's wearing his shirt and like so you're just assuming he kind of gave into it and they started having sex again or whatever mm-hmm. and then it's never addressed no through the rest it's not of the paid movie. off it's not paid off at all there's he, no like there's no like suddenly suddenly heather comes back to get them picks them up in a van and her best friend is half naked wearing her boyfriend's shirt her boyfriend is shirtless like there's no like and I, I realize in that moment, like you wouldn't go, hey, why are you wearing his clothes? But, but at the same the time, time, there's no reason for that part of the story no. to even exist. And they took the time to actually establish that story. They, yeah. they was, that was they, they built that story. Of, of all the things that they actually got right, they actually did build that story, even though the story seems, sucked. It but, seems like a filler to me. Like it, they just but why needed, do it though? It was like yeah. they, they built the story oh, yeah, it was up completely pointless, and then they got killed before there was ever any resolve to it. And and it makes it completely pointless. And the fucking yeah. character of Nikki is maybe the worst fucking character. And I I literally like break out in hives when I see her on screen. She's attractive, sure, <laughs> but that's but like literally that's it. Like it's it's she was just written bad. Like it was a it wasn't that like it wasn't that she yeah, was a bad character even... because I didn't like her and I wasn't supposed to like her. I didn't like her because she was a poorly written character <clears throat> and served zero to the story yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like a situation where, uh, you know, and, and not to say that this actress is bad, but it just wasn't like the material she was giving yeah. her shit. Like, 
it wasn't a case of somebody doing such a, a great job of making you hate the character that you did. It was like, yeah. I hate she this was, character because you could literally just get rid of them and I it would make no difference. Saw, she was just, she was chainsaw fodder. I guarantee you if you saw a breakdown of the characters when they were casting this, it was the character of Nikki, the big titted blonde to appeal to the male audience. <laughs> That I'm serious. Like that's what she was there for. You that really was, think that they just went all on, all in on the uh, it's the the sexy chicks and sexy dudes thing. That's all they cared about. Huh? I think what it is that pisses me off the most about it, and far be it for me to complain about sexy people in a movie, but I think what makes me so upset about it is that they did the remake so well, so yeah. incredibly well, and even even the prequel to the remake where it didn't really serve any purpose because it was just kind of retreading the same thing. Yeah, it wasn't offensive. It just just didn't need to exist. Like it was yeah. a fine movie. It exists. Like whatever. It, it, right. It's throwaway. But but it was still made semi decently. Yeah. And then they they just retreaded all of the old early aughts horror movie tropes for this. It's like what the yeah. fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um. And it just pissed me off. Obviously, I'm having like a visceral reaction to it. Like it's. And then they put this awful pop music in the movie too. Like when they're in the cars and stuff, it just does not fit the tone of the movie at all. I don't even notice the music. It, honestly. it just I was, throws you. It's I just, awful. I just kind of got like, I got 20 minutes into this movie and I was just like, okay. Dude, there's a song they put in. I'm going to watch it because I have to. But <laughs> There's there's a song they put in the movie where the lyrics are like, he'll fuck you up, do-do-do, he'll fuck oh. you up. Like It's just like, what? Well, that was... That was kind of funny because it was it was one of those songs where it's supposed to sound like an old gospel song. Yeah, but it, it just, was but it was a parody, so it was like God's gonna fuck you up. But but again, it's the kind of song that you would expect in a parody movie. Uh no, I to cause, me I don't cause, know because to me like the use of a song like that in this movie is supposed to be ironic, which you know I guess it just but it, the problem it, is it working in a movie like the Dawn of the Dead remake yeah where they have did, that guy doing the sickness right if you did it that yeah works. exactly that if you works. did uh, an ironic song in a movie that's actually the tone like everything about the tone and the mood are actually set right mm-hmm. that's great but in a movie that's not well done like this one and then you add irony on top of it it's just like okay you're trying too hard yeah it it uh. Um, can we talk about how when he starts his chainsaw, they decided to put the sound effect of a lion roaring? Yeah. <laughs> it only I think it only happens once. And it's it in does. The, it's it does. in the graveyard, but yep. you it's very distinct. Like you hear him start the chainsaw and then in the background you hear like a like a, a literal lion roar. Yeah, it's it's like why would you it's yeah. it's it's like one of those things that you think they thought that they were putting that in as a subconscious thing, like, mm-hmm. oh man, people aren't even going to pick up on this. It's just going to sound super intimidating. But they didn't. They separated the two sounds too much. You know, like if you're going to do that, bury the lion roar underneath. Perfect underneath example. the. Uh, if Justin was here, he would actually talk about this. When Justin mixes music, when there's a when there's a part of a song that needs like a big. I hope I'm not giving away trade secrets here. Um, but like when there's a part of the song that needs to come in and hit really, really hard, he'll put sound effects underneath that part yeah. just to give it like an explosion. Like he'll literally put like the sound effect of like a, a gunshot or an explosion or something just to kind of give it that oomph. <clears throat> but you don't hear it. Like it's right. almost it's it's not even audible. It's like a feeling. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so that you can do it, but it was literally like on top of the mix, yeah. lion roar. <laughs> and I'm fairly certain at one point in time when some of the girls were screaming, they put in pig squeals. I I'm almost I, positive I heard that. It's uh it's it's in one very specific part uh after the van flips. Yes. And the two girls are in the van. 
And there is a part where I don't know if it's just that uh, Tanya Ramon has uh, like just a very grating squealy <laughs> shriek, but it did. It literally did. It sounded like uh, like the when you hear a pig squeal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's oh just not. Um, and and being that they put the horrible lion roar over the uh, the chainsaw, I almost wouldn't mm-hmm. put it by them too put the pig sound in over a scream now they did something in this movie that i usually like a lot they they had the carnival setting i've i've said before how i actually think that horror movies that take place in carnivals for some reason are i like them i don't know why i like them but i do they did it in this movie it's just an interesting setting because you have all this innocence you know like people having fun and playing games and riding rides and then you have this like really horrible thing happening in the middle of it all all of it but you know what kills it though is when you have your titular character in Leatherface running into the carnival, and the first person he gets into a fight with is the fucking pig-masked uh, jigsaw guy from Saw. Oh, like, the, it wasn't just the head. It was the robe and everything. The robe, it was the, the black thing. robe with the red trim. It was the character from Saw. Yeah. Why the fuck was that in there? <laughs> <laughs> Please answer this to me. Like, oh, it's... Gotta get those references in there. And 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 because, because when he's he, running through the carnival with a roaring chainsaw chasing after the screaming girl, all of the people in the background of the carnival are just going about their business. Nobody reacts to him at all. <laughs> well it is that's why they had, that's why they had pig pig mask come out of the uh the thing. Like everybody I think you're supposed to assume everybody saw this going down and they just thought it was all part of the show. You know what I mean? I've gone to Halloween Horror Nights where the whole point is for those people, those characters to be running around. And when you see it, you still stop and look. <clears throat> yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, it's just the whole thing is, it, oh God. I, I wanted to like this movie. Actually, I wanted to, when I was rewatching it earlier. Um, like it's, this movie uh, gets better once you've watched, and we talked about this off air too. Once you watch Leatherface, which is the next movie, mm-hmm. this movie becomes a hair better because they do actually use the story from this movie and they do connect a lot of dots, mm-hmm. which is good. They didn't just forget about it or anything. Which, and- which props to the people who made Leatherface because to weave this bullshit movie into your narrative that that you have for your new movie that yeah. you're trying to do something totally new with that's it's pretty impressive on yeah. them you know they were supposed to make i believe another uh movie that the company that had this had a three movie uh deal with the rights or something like that really and they or, or the time period they had on the rights they were going to make three movies and then um leatherface got held up in so much um red tape i guess mm-hmm. that their contract ran out oh. they let the lights uh, rights lapse yeah and so they never got to make the third movie but um anyway though it, once once that once i saw leatherface though I restarted this movie today just because I wanted to catch up on some stuff. And I found myself enjoying it a little bit more only because I knew how the pieces fit together at that point. Yeah. You know, it's like I saw more of the full picture so I can appreciate maybe a little bit more. Yeah, Leatherface Leatherface follows like tiny little subtle threads back to this movie to connect the two, which is kind of cool. But you shouldn't have a movie be good based on things that haven't happened yet in a sequel that hasn't been released yet. You know, like yeah. there's a way to do that by to doing intrigue and why that's how you set up a franchise and you know there's always right. like Saw for example, there's always answers that you don't don't know. Sure. But that's done good. This was not. 
Done um, well, I think. Done, is what you're... This done good. This re- done real good. <laughs> anyway, I don't have much else to say about this one. Nah. Um, we've been talking about Leatherface, so let's move on to Leatherface, James. <laughs> uh, Leatherface came out in 2017, and I don't have any of the other information up in front of me, <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> you done. You done real good. Yeah, we uh, we are not on our game uh, did, tonight, you, guys. You did done good. I know we. Are. Um. So this was uh, this was directed this? by Alexandre Bastille and uh, Julian Mori, and they were behind. What else were they behind? Um. Uh, the uh, uh, inside. You remember that movie? You saw that movie. I did not. You didn't watch that movie. I did not. No. That movie is. Yeah. Fucked. Yeah, I have not seen it. That's the one where they, the baby and... Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Have not seen that one. Um, <laughs> I know all about it. Have not seen it. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good movie. It's just also very horrifying. So Leatherface is... Um, so Leatherface they, they, is... They wrote that movie, by the way. Oh, uh, wait, did they direct it too? Yeah, they might have. Yeah, they directed is this, it as well. Is yeah. this a podcast about Inside now, James? I just wanted to avoid a correction, you son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, so in the timeline, Leatherface <clears throat> now... Is a so Texas Chainsaw 3D was a sequel to the original 70s Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Leatherface is a prequel to the original Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre are, from these the 70s. These are supposed to be like bookends to the original. Which Texas these Chainsaw two Massacre. movies together do actually work, even though Texas Chainsaw sucked. They do work together, but having the original movie shoehorned in the middle makes no fucking sense. <laughs> like again, the character of. Uh, 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 Verna, <clears throat> she's in the prequel, mm-hmm. she's in the sequel, but she's completely missing from the original movie. Like you said, though, I think you're supposed to just as- assume that she's in the house and yeah. you just never see her. But it's weird to me to have to make that leap. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's just I don't know. Um, this this flick did have the added bonus of having Stephen Dorff in it. I love Stephen Dorff, <laughs> uh, especially his work with the uh, blue e-cigs. Those were oh. great work. I mean, I mean, those commercials got me hooked on blue e-cigs for a couple of years. <laughs> You're not kidding about that, actually. Um, oh, I did love a good blue. I will, back, back at the beginning of this podcast, loved a good blue. Right. Um, I don't know what that sound was I just made. Right, right. Uh. I will say this. Leatherface was a far more competent movie. Yeah. Worlds beyond competent. Um, to the point where I actually really, again, kind of like how in Texas Chainsaw, I really enjoyed aspects of it mm-hmm. and the idea of what they were going for. I, I it was likewise for this movie. Yeah. Um, this is a movie that uh, is set when uh, Jedediah uh, is a is a child. Um, he was help me out here. Uh, so, like, how does it open? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it opens with um, a young couple driving through the country. Mm-hmm just talking about whatever, and then they see uh, something kind of disturbing in the middle of the road, which looks like an animal of some kind. Turns out turns out to be young Jed. If you ever see a small child with a... a full-size... That thing must have weighed 50 pounds. Yeah, there's no way he could have put that thing on his head. A full-size cow's head on his face? When there's a child wearing an animal head, a cut-off animal head yeah. on his own head, you, get, you don't stop. Yeah, you get back in the car and you go... <laughs> You don't stop. <laughs> Wait, did this? Okay, I got these two movies me- mixed up a little bit too. So the beginning, in the beginning of this, this is not how this movie started. Was there a weird scene where there was a dinner scene? 
Yes. And then they gave Jed the chainsaw and they wanted him to cut some dude up, but he wouldn't do it and blah, blah, blah. Yes. 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 I hated that scene. It didn't make a lot of sense. That was just them throwing back to the dinner scene, basically. Well, what I hated about it was the way it was shot. Like, they they did the... I don't know what this camera technique is called. It's almost like a... It's not fisheye so much, but it's like a weird... It's it's like something that you would have seen in a 90s music video. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. love 90s music videos. Do you know what I'm talking about, like though? The, like the come down video from Bush? Which is that's just well, a fish that's fisheye, but do you know what I'm talking about? Like, the, it, it's like this weird, sort of distorted look that's making everything look somewhat dreamlike. It's like you're seeing it through the eyes of the person experiencing it, I think, right. is the idea of what it's supposed to be giving off. Sure, but I hated the way they did it in this movie, like, I thought it was stupid. Yeah, um, it was completely off from the rest of the tone of the movie, too, because mm-hmm. the rest of the, the rest of the movie was pretty, pretty gritty and straightforward like it really didn't have that it was very polished whereas the beginning of the movie or whereas this scene in the beginning wasn't as polished it was supposed to give off that classic texas chainsaw gritty dirty grimy feel to it yeah i just don't think they did well with it in the in in the beginning though but yeah so it was after that it was jedi's birthday yeah and for his birthday they gave him a chainsaw and they wanted him to basically kill his first person it was somebody who they who they said they thought they, thought they said he was stealing, stealing something. Yeah, yeah, it's like I don't know that that whole scene. I was just like, yeah, it, it's so it it's like it's trying to force the issue so much. Like we gave him a chainsaw for his birthday when he yeah. was eight years old. That's better. That's better than in Texas Chainsaw the beginning where the chainsaw was just sitting on a fucking table. Mm, mm. It's better than that at least. So I'll I, I can't I can't fault it on that. I mean, a chainsaw has a place in a slaughterhouse though. It makes sense that a chainsaw would be not maybe maybe not necessarily sitting on the table in the like head head boss's office, but sure, sure. I don't know. Not you right. don't know what that guy was into. Um, um <clears throat> so anyway, uh then you kind of cut to the like after uh oh, oh so so uh this couple they see this kid in the middle of the road mm-hmm. wearing this cow's head and the they girl f- ends up following him and Long, it's a trap. Long story short, it's a trap. She ends up losing her life. Turns out she's the daughter. The way of, that she gets killed is awesome. Oh, it's the crazy. gore in this movie is awesome. Well, really, really, really good. The gore in Texas Chainsaw sucked. Yeah, bad. But this movie hit it right out of the park, right from the very beginning. Well, it was awesome. Again, watch inside. Yeah, and then you'll get you'll get sure, it. Sure. Just buckets of blood. You know what I mean? Um. So uh, that ends up being Stephen Dorff's character's daughter. daughter. So that's yep. how he's introduced. So the he's story. now he's got it out for the entire family. He knows. Like, it seems like he knows that family kills people, but they've never been able to pin it. Well, he does mention he's like, why is it that every every time I reach a crime scene, there's always a Sawyer hovering yep. around or something like that on, on know? the scene first yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so he ends up taking the kid Jedediah and uh, removing him from the family and placing the kid in a mental institution. Come to find out, this is not the first time he's done it, and almost every single kid in the asylum was put there by him, basically. Like, he has it out for these kids based on what happened to his daughter. Yeah. He's, like, a prejudice against, like, all these troubled youths. Yeah. Youths. Youths. Um, So so that's where we're at. So we pick up years later in the the mental institution. Yeah. And uh, you have a character named Jackson who is, like, he seems pretty much normal i actually really liked the character of jackson for the most part for the majority of the movie he seems relatively normal he befriends a new orderly that uh, just starts working there this attractive girl named uh 
Lizzie. Uh, Lizzie. He sort of takes a shine to her or whatever, and um, he is friends with this character named Bud. Bud. Bud is a bit more of an overweight, stocky kind of character, doesn't talk a whole lot. Eh, he's, stocky, he, stocky implies short and, and portly. He's, well, he was portly. He, but he was huge. <laughs> yeah, okay. He was like super tall. Basically, picture Gunnar Hansen, exactly. except for 15 years old. Yeah. Is, you Don't know, give anything away. You know yet, what we're getting Because I want to talk about. I want to talk about how they handled this, yeah. um, and what I liked and disliked about it. Okay. Um, so you meet, yeah. So you meet Bud. He's like him and him and Jackson are good friends. Jackson sticks <clears> up for him a lot, even though Bud can wreck some shit. He was in there because he went nuts with a hammer and killed somebody. I be, he bludgeoned somebody into a coma because yeah. they took his dog away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's very dangerous, obviously. Um, but Jackson almost looks at him like a little brother. Like he is yeah. his family. Yeah, and. Uh, so there's a uh, there's a scene where uh, Verna is trying to get her uh, grandson back, which is which we know that Jedediah is her in, son or her son, no yeah. grandson. Oh, is it grandson? Verna is the is the woman from Texas Chainsaw who died, grand grandmother. Yeah, no, that's that's Leatherface's mother. No. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Oh wait. <laughs> Oh, you're no, right. It's not. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. <laughs> so she's trying to get her she's trying to get her grandson out of the mental institution, or at least to visit him. Yeah. She married. She remarried apparently into money, which I have a thing about that too. Uh, remarried into money, and she was able to hire a lawyer. And now she's trying to get access to her son. Mm-hmm. When that was turned down, she basically goes crazy and runs through the asylum, uh, trying to find her grandson on her own. Causes this huge. Uh, thing where she's screaming in the middle of the night all the the patients in the asylum start going crazy and you get uh jackson uh lizzie which lizzie's kidnapped essentially but jackson uh lizzie isaac isaac who is another character in there clarice clarice uh and um Uh, and bud and bud they all escape in a car and get out of dodge basically isaac Isaac, I think. Isaac. Isaac, Isaac yeah. and Clarice, though, are the ringleaders. They're holding the other three hostage, basically. Yeah. They have this big plan, and, and they're psychopaths and the whole deal. So they're running around in the wilderness trying to escape the law, trying to get new wheels to get out, steal stuff, you know, <clears throat> the whole the whole kitten caboodle. <sighs> they set this up to where you're supposed to think that Bud... Yeah, we're going to get into some spoilers yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, heavy, so. heavy spoilers here. Yeah. It is set up to where you th- you're supposed to think that Bud is Jedediah. Because we know that Jedediah is there somewhere. But they never actually use his real name because all the kids are renamed when they get in there yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is they do such a good job of making you think that, de- that Jedediah is Bud. Mm-hmm. That, spoilers, when the reveal comes that it's actually Jackson that is Jedediah, I don't know about you. I hated it though. Like I, I didn't want there to be a swerve. There didn't need to be a swerve. Well, I because they made you like Bud's character so much. There was like a sympathetic quality to him, to where he's he wants to sort of do good, but he had or he's he's genuinely a nice person, but like has this evil side to him, and he's sort of confused. Well, he's just and, violent. He was like a he was he he was this huge like, uh, like dominating force but, but also, also did, but also had sort of like they they basically said he had uh like the 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 cognitive 
understanding of somebody much younger than which him. is exactly how Leatherface was. Yeah, they all the qualities that Leatherface had on the other movies they put on Bud. Right. So there's no reason to think that wasn't going to be him. Except, I picked up on something within the first 15 minutes of the movie where I knew that he wasn't. Is it when they talked about uh, Jackson's family? No, she's uh, Lizzie's walking through one of the hallways and she's reading Bud's chart mm-hmm. and they say his real name in the chart and it's not Jedediah. It's Horton. Yes. Okay. So And I noticed that on my first watch and I'm like, it says blah 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 blah. When when patient Horton was blah 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 and then they and then they say Bud and I'm like, okay, well this guy this kid's name is Horton. So this not is Jedediah. where and noticing stuff like that, because I did notice that as well. Yeah. This is what I was talking about constantly going to IMDb to check on stuff because they I understand that the whole idea of it was to be a swerve mm. but you and, and you don't know that there's a swerve coming you're not supposed to mm. but the movie is so erratic in its characters the, or the franchise rather is so erratic in its characters and they rename characters all the time and they do this and that I was checking because I th- I didn't think that I was following it correctly like I thought I was missing something why wouldn't you just wait and find um, out because they didn't they as good of a job as they did to set it up to where you don't know that there's a swerve coming, that also, I don't know. It just, I, I can't. You like I to ruin the the truth is, is you like to no, ruin things not, for yourself. It's not that I can't I can't pinpoint exactly why I felt that it wasn't handled right. It's just like the feeling that I got. Like I just didn't like the way that they did it. Like it just didn't sit well with me. Um, and can, not to mention that I can tell you, Jackson I'll... is this thin, well-adjusted character that is 100% not Leatherface. And also and also, maybe 5'6", maybe 5'7". Yeah. And Leatherface is 6'5". Even, even Bud moved and walked with the same gait yeah. that Leatherface had. Right. So this is what I'm talking about, how they, they set up the character to be him so much so that when they pull the rug out from underneath you, it just <clears> doesn't <throat> even make sense. Like, usually when there's a swerve, when the swerve happens... All of these things start coming into play, and you realize, holy crap, that was this all along. That was, yeah. this. but everything was set up to be that character. So here's that's here, the problem. Here's the thought that I, and this is probably a reach, and uh, it, it, I don't. Know. So here's what I thought because because Jackson ultimately ends up being Leatherface. Uh, I kind of hated it too. Uh, but my thought on it, because at first I was like, hey, this guy's five six, five seven, like a hundred forty pounds, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like that's not Leatherface. No, he would not grow up to be the Leatherface we know. And he he was already. I mean, he was eighteen at least, yeah. right? So, yeah. oh yeah, because uh, uh, the uh, the warden or whatever, whoever he was, he said Jet. Uh, he said to Verna. Um, Jedediah is about to be eighteen, and I'm gonna recommend that he go straight to prison from yep. here. Mm-hmm. So he, I mean, you know, it's safe to say he had done most of his growing. Sure. The way I see it, I guess, is um, think about it in terms of how Leatherface is viewed uh, in the public eye and how legendary he becomes in the following years. Mm-hmm. Like, what if what if this idea that Leatherface is this towering maniac? He's like six five, three hundred fifty pounds. What if that's all like he's he's almost become a like a folklore figure? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but the, the, so the, like when people like when people talk about uh Paul Bunyan, 
They're like, Paul Bunyan was three stories high and he could chop through six through six trees in one blow. And it's like, maybe he was actually like 6'6 six, six, and he could cut through a tree in like that would 45 be, seconds. That would know? be fine if we didn't see him, though. Like, we know who the character is. We know that's not that's not folklore. Uh, but we're not being told stories about him. We are though, because think about think about how the original um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre opens. It opens with a monologue, uh-huh. so it's being recounted to you. You're what what you're seeing on screen is essentially like a, a, is is essentially a retelling of what happened. And if and if and if that you were, but that and it, it's almost s- like a big fish story. It's like it's yeah, like, and then I'm suddenly not. this, and then suddenly this man, he was, he was six six, popped out with a chainsaw, and he was a monster. Yeah, I, I'm, that's you said it was a reach, and I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you. I think that's a reach. That's I'm, I'm not. I know, only said it I'm was a reach because I figured that you would think it was a reach, but that's the only explanation. No, because because the Texas Chainsaw, the Texas Chainsaw uh, 3D was not a retelling, and we see how big of a bastard that guy was. Yeah, that's that true. was not a retelling. Yeah. So we see him, like we know who the character is. We know what he's capable of doing. Yeah, that's true. So and and like I said, he's 18. There's no way he becomes that person. And so this is so I, let's, and just let's to just reiterate agree that I'm right. Oh, yeah, sure, and, sure. Uh, <laughs> and we'll move on. Sure. Like I said, I just. That swerve just didn't need to happen. That swerve shouldn't have been a swerve. It yeah. should have been Bud the entire time. It just didn't need to be there. They thought they were being clever, but it ended up hurting the film because it doesn't make any fucking sense. I like the idea of a twist. Sure. I just love not, the idea just of not a that twist, twist. But like, yeah, it was just... And and then, so I knew it because I saw the name Horton. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And, then I, and, then I can, and then I had myself convinced that what i read on that chart was wrong mm-hmm. so i did i did get back to a point where i was like bud is definitely jed right he's got to be like he like you said he's the same size he moves exactly like him yeah he uh he doesn't talk like he's when he uh when he does when he uh commits violent acts he does them with oh yeah with gusto sure. you know like he like does he, some really horrific shit in this he sees movie. it through <laughs> yeah uh so i did finally convince myself that oh yeah maybe he is leatherface and then when he's dispatched you go okay well there's really only one option left here and it's jackson and and then a couple minutes later his face gets all fucked up and you're like okay i see where they're taking this and i don't really like it mm-hmm. um there's um oh go ahead no, no, go ahead no I was, no, no. I was just gonna kind of jump around a little bit uh we were talking about uh how bud it's it's interesting because you know like actually god damn it this goes right back to what we were talking about <laughs> you know we're talking about how in 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 texas chainsaw uh verna has a letter she writes to, to heather yeah and she talks about how he's he's loyal and he will protect his family and this and that and yada yada well, once again, same quality that Bud has. He protects Jackson yeah. a lot in the movie to where he, Jackson or, uh, or Bud. And he protects Lizzie early yeah. on in the movie. Bud, Bud ends up killing Isaac in the awesomest way. Like <laughs> he, he, where, there is, where there is nary a curb to be found, he finds a way to curb stomp the dude. Yep, <laughs> he, yep. He drags him out in the middle I of a field he, and finds a giant boulder and curb stomps him. He curb stomps him, and then I'm pretty sure he just beats on the body for a while because like the whole upper torso of that body was like exploded. And, 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 <laughs> and it, then falls asleep on the corpse. And exhausts himself <laughs> and then uses the corpse as a pillow. 
Like when they find him in the morning and he's like, and when you but see James, him, that's not Leatherface. And when you see him though, he's, he's laying there so innocently that you're just kind of like, oh, it's cute. <laughs> but he's also laying on the dead body of a, a person. He just violently murdered. It's, I, I think it's crazy how they make you feel really sympathetic toward Bud. Of all the slashers, like you look at like Michael Myers, you have uh, uh, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger's a little bit different, but like of the main slashers, I generally prefer them to not have backstory because I think it's creepier. Like I don't want to know why Michael Myers kills people. It's just he's just the fucking shape and he murders people. Oh yeah, I don't need to know backstory. Yeah, the idea that you know that he killed his sister when he was younger, but they never tell you why. Exactly. That's. I think the character of Leatherface, though, like on the opposite end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. works really well with a detailed backstory. Yeah. I actually like the idea that you got to know who he was as a kid and why he became the way he was. Yeah. There's a scene where uh, where Bud charges at a, at Stephen Dorff's character. Or, no, it's not Stephen Dorff. It's another deputy. Another cop, yeah. And uh, he charges at him, gets shot in the chest, and then he has him down on the ground, and the deputy comes, uh, brings his gun up and shoots him in the head, mm-hmm. kills Bud right away. Yeah. Which at that point, I'm like, so he's not leather. I was so confused. But yeah. I'm thinking to myself, maybe he got shot like in the back of the head and it just grazed his brain. And it messed, and his that, fa- it messed, oh, it messed him messed up. Messed his brain so up. So I was face waiting for him to come back at the mm-hmm. end of the movie before the big reveal. Yeah. I was waiting for him to come back. I'm like, that's a really cool idea to kind of prove why he is the way he is, why he's so confused. All the, not confused, but like thinks he's all well, these if, different people. Yeah, why if he had he, like a traumatic brain injury. Exactly. So I'm like, yeah. I'm watching this. And I'm like, I'm really digging this this backstory. This movie was this movie was not a bad movie. Like no. I like what they did with. It. I like the idea of the uh, of the different take on a Texas Chainsaw movie. It's very singular in that. It's a very different movie for yeah. for this franchise. Yeah. Um, and I like all of that, and and I like. I think I'm just gonna start taking this move that Bud was him, and just fill in. <laughs> like every time that you see Jackson in the last quarter of the movie doing Leatherface stuff, I'm just going to picture it as as Bud. Yeah, <laughs> and just that's how I'm gonna remember it. Oh, because that's oh man, there were so there were a few moments where he just raged out. Uh-huh. Oh, like after he was do, getting the electroshock therapy. Yes, and there was that scene. Another where, reason that his head got screwed up. Yeah, there was a scene where he busts out of the the uh, restraints, and for a, for a moment, you just kind of see him silhouetted, almost as if you're seeing from the point of view of the two orderlies that he's grabbed hold of, and you see him in his long curly hairs over his face, mm-hmm. and he's just towering over them, and then he just slams both of them into the into the ground, and I was like. That's Leatherface, <laughs> you know. Like that's that's my guy right there. Like that. Sure. And then when you find out that it's not him, it's it just pisses you off. And especially when you find out that it's this clean cut kid who's been friendly the entire time, and he's mm-hmm. only five six and not a hulking monster like Leatherface is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just was. I don't know. And then what he does to the the <clears throat> warden or whoever that guy like. Yeah, it's that's, that's stabs him through the window. Like yeah, it's crazy. That's your leather face. My I favorite just... kill of the entire movie though had nothing to do with with Bud or Jackson or Isaac or anybody. Oh. It's when they're driving away in the car and all of a somebody all of a sudden somebody pushes a dude strapped to a wheelchair out the window and he just hits the ground. And you hear you hear it's amazing. You hear Clarice laugh about it. <laughs> I found her to be the most unnerving character, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there's a scene in the beginning of the movie, because she's just, she's full-on psychopath. Like, And I think that a lot of them had major issues, but she, in the beginning of the movie, Liz, Lizzie is in the bathroom and hears like some scuffle or something, mm-hmm. and she walks in to find Clarice shoving a live mouth 
mouse or live mouse yeah. down a girl's throat and yeah, the, that girl gets up and she <clears throat> runs away and then later when uh later when the riots are happening in the asylum they cut to this like everything's pandemonium like people are screaming there's alarms going off and they cut back to this quiet room where Clarice and the other girl are the only two left in there and you just hear her whispering to her and she's on top of her strangling her to death and I go with her own hair right no it was with like a cloth oh, okay, or something okay. and I go I go like honestly I I thought I, I thought that scene in particular was the most unnerving of the yeah. entire movie yeah it was creepy like everything's going on and she's just taking the time to slowly kill this girl now she's like, Fuck, that is messed her, up her character was very interesting she's easily the most fucked up of the entire group yeah um we can't talk about we can't not talk about the single hottest sex scene <laughs> in cinema history it was so gross dude <laughs> so so oh. isaac so isaac it's, it's so funny when the riots and the, when the riots first break out Isaac and Clarice see each other, and instead of running away and escaping, the first thing they do is just bone right there in the middle of the floor. In the middle of all the <laughs> like people running around and killing each other and stuff. Hey, you cannot, you you, you can't, you can only hold back love for so long. You gotta, right? you gotta give into the moment when you when you um, have when you have the right time, you know. So they obviously have like this relationship, and they're they're in this old uh, camper that they find, mm-hmm. and when they first got in there, they find that the owner of the camper had hung himself in the shower, and he's all all gross all and drippy and. Like he's been there shit. for a while yeah. and um and so a couple of a couple of scenes later uh it's it's at night you know everyone is the three of them are not trying to overpower them in a moment of weakness which shocks me yeah. the three of them could have overpowered the two of them so easily yeah for sure at every turn i don't know why they didn't yeah but that's besides the point um <laughs> so they're uh so so isaac and clarice are are doing the deed in the bed and it comes around and it's like it's sort of like they, they shot it almost to be sort of sexy at first yeah uh, it's just her back. She's riding him, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting into it. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, Clarice. You know, I'm like, oh I'm like God. all about it. And they they turn, they pan around though, and you realize, oh shit, she's been in a fire because her entire chest yeah. is nothing but like Freddy Krueger type yeah. burnt burnt chest. Yeah. She still looked good though. <laughs> um, but then, but then, as the as as the the moment continues. You know, they, they, they switch up the positions and she's, uh, you know, chest down on the bed. And you realize she's not on the bed. They have laid the corpse of the dude that killed himself on the bed. Yeah. And she's, like, licking the goop off of his face yeah. and, like, sucking his tongue. And it's so gross. And she is just getting off on it. It was like, really... It is disturbing as fuck. Yeah, it was really <laughs> terrible. <laughs> um, I mean... No, not one of the yeah, not one of the not one of the uh, more exciting sex scenes I've ever seen. Oh, somebody somebody was excited. Um, yeah, I can't even imagine how that was to shoot. Like how how they had to have had a sense of humor about it. They oh, you have to, yeah. It's it's fucking crazy. I guess the guys from inside though, right? <laughs> exactly. If what I know about that movie is true, um, I don't know. A couple more little bullet points here that I have before we start wrapping it up here. The diner scene. Mm-hmm. Am I the only one that got major Pulp Fiction vibes from that? Uh yeah, major I can see Pulp that. Fiction vibes. Yeah, just that, that that's all I'm gonna say about it. But it was just like it, it was almost mm. like it was like their ode to like that movie. Pulp Fiction, and I also uh, with Isaac and um, Clarice. I haven't granted I haven't seen this movie in years and years and years, but like they uh, they had like a natural born killers thing going on too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I'm looking at my notes here to see if there's anything else. Uh, well, real well, real, real quick, like let's. 
let's tie the threads together between these two movies so okay. that people understand what we were talking about. So there's a few characters that show up in both both movies, um, years apart, and then there's a couple characters who show up in this movie, who if you didn't know it and you didn't look it up, you wouldn't know. So, for instance, in the beginning of the movie, when you see that truck going down the road, they get stopped by the by Jed wearing the cow mask. And the girl who gets killed in the barn. Mm -hmm. Did you see who it was who was driving the truck? I did not. So that was his name, the boyfriend. His name was, I want to say Ted. Okay. Uh, I can't. The boy, the boyfriend of the, uh, the, 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 the girl, the, the sheriff's yeah, daughter. Yeah. So it was the sheriff's daughter who gets killed in the barn. The uh, the boyfriend who was who was driving the truck. His name was, I can't find it right now. I think it was Ted. Okay. What they don't reveal, yeah, Ted. Uh, what they don't reveal to you is that he was actually, his name was Ted Hardesty. He was the father of Sally and Franklin Hardesty. Oh, So interesting. So years later, after his girlfriend is murdered by the Sawyer family, he has children. His children go on a road trip, and both of his kids end up getting Involved oh, with the Sawyer family. I did not pick up on Franklin that. Franklin gets murdered, and you know, that's Sally. kind of thing that you wouldn't know unless you looked at. Right. Yeah. Right. Cool, I though. think I think that's actually like straight from the the horse's mouth on that one because it's not in the credits. Like they don't call him Ted Hardesty, but when uh, asked about it, the the director it's kind said, of like um, it's kind of like uh, Stretch in Texas Chainsaw Three. Right. She shows up or whatever, but she's not credited or anything. Right. But they know who it is. Exactly. It's that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. That's very cool. Uh, so who else? Um, there's, uh, the, the Burtons, Bartons, was it, what is their name? I don't know. Who you don't know this I, one either? No, I don't know any of these. Oh, I thought you said that there were characters who were shared in the well, there same are. universe. Well, there are, it, it's, it's more, for me, it's like, it's, it wasn't characters, it was the story. Like, you know who, you know who Ver, Verna is now. You yeah. know their story. Oh, you know, okay. You know why Verna, they, they, they said that Verna married into money. Yeah. Whereas in, uh. Yeah, Verna married in the money, so you know, so you know why they had the she had the big house. Okay, yeah. In the sequel, right, right, right. You know, it, it's like stuff like that. You understand why? Because I was confused in Texas in Texas Chainsaw. I was confused. Where did she get this big old house from? Where yeah. did she? You know, where was that built on the ashes of the old house? Like you don't you don't know, right? You know, because it's so legendary. Everyone knows who it is. I'm assuming they just built it on the ashes of the old house. <clears throat> Well, but so it's not until the prequel that you realize that she married into money. But then she still has the old crappy farmhouse, and she's not living with anybody there. So I'm yeah. super confused about that. But um, Well, here, if I may, I'll tell you this then, too. So means. it seems like you don't know this. So Stephen Dorff's character, Hal Hartman, is the father of Burt Hartman. Burt Hartman in the Texas Chainsaw 3D, uh -huh. he's the good old boy who becomes mayor. So he was there, and he was part of the crew who burnt down the house. Okay. And then he's the one who becomes mayor at the end. So Stephen Dorff's so Stephen Dorff's character is his dad. Thought, his dad. Yeah. Interesting. We didn't even mention in uh, in Texas Chainsaw that Scott Eastwood plays his son, Clint Eastwood's kid. Oh yeah. Plays the deputy. Yeah. Uh, plays oh the yeah. That's son. right. We yeah, didn't we mention didn't that. mention it, did we? But um, 
Yeah. Okay. So that's cool then, though. So they're, so they're, they're yeah. kind of connecting so, the dots there. Yeah. That's cool. So I I that's that's part of that's kind of what I thought you were talking about with kind of liking this movie better. No, uh, for me it was more Texas the story. Chains. For okay. me it was like story dots that were connected. Okay. Yeah, I actually appreciated the fact that they connected some of the characters together through mm-hmm. through lineage and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's cool. At least cool. they put some care into it. You know, like they actually yeah. did their homework and, and yeah. connected like that. Uh, I dig that. Um, I do want to talk about, and this will be the last thing that we do, is how uh, is how Jackson basically becomes Leatherface. He gets shot in the mouth, and it rips his entire like lower part of his mouth like wide open. Yeah, and it's gnarly as hell. It's yeah. really, really, really cool. And uh, Verna ends up sewing it together with looks like the most uncomfortable sewing string, <laughs> like on the face. It's like like thicker than leather thread. It seems like yeah, it was like a shoelace. And uh, she puts this weird, like, leather harness, leather, like, dog harness almost on its face. And it's creepy. But it would be way creepier on, on Bud. Yeah. So I'm still going to say that. Yeah. Um, and, and Jackson playing then Leatherface from that point forward is not good. No. It's, it's, it's not no. believable. It's not, it's not cre- believable. There's nothing at all. creepy about it, really. It's, like I said, he's the, the actor is at least comparatively to like to the actor who played bud uh-huh. is a very small guy uh-huh. like the chainsaw is almost as big as he is when he's running uh-huh. through the, you know yep. so it's the idea that uh the idea that they wanted to take a twist and instead of instead of it being somebody who was already uh you know had issues mentally like bud and and then instead taking somebody who seemed like they were kind of okay, like Jackson, like throughout the entire movie, he yeah. actually seemed like he kind of had it together, and his his brain is literally broken by the end because he undergoes this traumatic accident where he's shot in the face, and then he gets in a horrible car sure, accident, sure. and then he's back in the house, and his mom is brainwashing him, and all this, like he gets to a point where his mind just literally snaps. That's kind of cool and kind of creepy but at the same time i just like you said it would have been so much cooler and so much creepier if it had actually been bud yep i agree yeah um okay i don't uh, i don't have too much more yeah i don't either uh overall i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it too you know it was it was like i said it's more um it was a different entry in the series it seems like every single movie up till now all seven movies yeah they basically were just riding the same bike mm-hmm. in every movie yeah. it was the same story the same classic shots of either it's there's a you have a meat hook shot you have a bust out of a freezer shot you have a door slam shot you have the roaring chainsaw shot like hammer to the head every single movie yeah. used the exact same blueprint right this was the very first movie that actually did its own thing, and yeah. I commend it for that at least. Yeah. At the very least, I commend it for that. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, it was. If you kind of separate, if you separate this movie from the Texas Chainsaw universe, yeah. it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, like I said, it it was it was competently shot. It looked good. Yeah, it was. All it was the like, actors were really good. It was a cross between that grainy look of the of the remake mm-hmm. and more polished. So it kind of fell in the middle, which is which is fine. Yeah. Um. I, the the actors were really good. Mm-hmm. I thought the performances were fine. Uh, Steven Dorff is a babe. What else? Uh, I mean, such a babe. This movie did have a lot going for it. Like I said, I think they just screwed up on the swerve, and we keep harping on it because that's the main 
point that you can harp on. Yeah. It's the main part of the movie. Oh, because it's the biggest part of the movie. Yeah, and yeah. They, they unfortunately fucked that up. But <laughs> other than that, though, I, I dug it. Yeah. I really did. So. All right. Uh, hey, that's man. It. We made it through. That's it for 199 huh? That's that's it for all of the 100s. Yeah. So uh, we will be back next week with our 200th episode. Yes. And our four-year anniversary. It's going to be a party, James. It's going to be a party, bud. We're going to talk about our fears and get deep. Talk about our feelings and get, and get shallow. Yes. <laughs> Very shallow into each other. Uh, so remember, for uh, for next week, if you want to call us on the Buzzkill hotline, you can call us at 586-436-2269. Don't us, be shy. Give us a call just to say hi. Yeah, it'll Don't take be shy. you take you a couple minutes i know you're probably no big deal you're probably listening to this being like ah, i'm not gonna call in i'm gonna sound stupid or i'm gonna you know you can come up with a million reasons to why not to there's no there's no reason not to just there's do no it. way you could possibly sound any more stupid yeah. than we already do do it for us do it for us you know and if not you can the fish and if i need to guilt trip you we've given you four years worth of content you can give us 15 seconds of your life yeah <laughs> You sons of bitches. <laughs> no, 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 no. We oh, I mean, you, you classy people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then keep an eye out for the contest that we will be posting within the next couple of days. Yes. If you uh, want to keep an be, eye out. It'll be posted tomorrow, Monday. Yes. I want to make sure of it because we only got a week to do this. So. Uh, you will be able to find that on our socials. So yes, find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. And on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. Uh, hey, we're available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah. So uh, tell a friend, tell a friend or two. And uh, yeah. Give us a rating. Give us some stars. Yeah. Send us some Twizzlers. Ooh. Send us some Warheads. Do I don't like care. Twizzlers. I do. Uh, yeah. Send us craft coffee because because we're into that now. Send us crack because mm. I'm also into that. <laughs> Things you don't. You think you know a guy. All right, bud. Hey, to the uh, to the one hundreds. To the one hundreds, sir. And uh, we I'll, did it. I'll see you at number two hundred, huh? I'll see you around the corner, old chip. All right, later, everybody. Try to have a good night. <laughs>